After three long, terrible years, it is at last my day. I will not permit, repeat, not permit anything. Repeat anything to spoil it. Now, I will walk you to the gate, and I will kiss you goodbye. And you will drive off in your new car, which should rightfully be mine. And then I will have my interview with the Sanity Commission. And they will set me free. And then I will kill you. Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. Not because I, you like to say terrible things. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's almost as if you beat me to say terrible things, then hit record. And oh. then, like, I don't say anything terrible once the record button's been hit. It's just at the, at the point of you pressing record, they always seem to happen. Yeah, well, we'll have to keep that on the, the audio-only version this time because <laughs> I was still putting things together. So, hey, everyone. Hi. Hi. I'm Bo. <laughs> I'm Duncan. <laughs> and we haven't seen you in about a month because October is busy as shit. Yeah, when, it turns out, Bo, when you do horror podcasting, mm -hmm. October isn't a great month to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've had a, uh, a now three-year running bad idea. <laughs> At least she acknowledges a bad idea. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a, a little podcast every day about a movie. Yeah. And and it's fun. I like doing it. It's just I yeah. can't do anything but that yeah, yeah. for that month and, and made even more complicated by the fact that, you know, there's like school and work and that kind of thing to deal with. Yeah, it's but, like you've got things on top of that this yeah. year that you didn't have the year before that you could have just said, you know what? Put a pin in it this year. Just put a pin oh. in it. Come back to next year. Never. 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 So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> never, never say never again, Duncan. That's yep. what I say. <laughs> Well, I, I'm trying to get in the spirit because we're the Pink Panther movie we're talking about today, uh, which is uh, the Pink Panther Strikes Again. Um, Can't it, wait to talk about this. By the way, this is like this is my favorite one. So this is the one that I love because it's the most it's the most cartoon out of the lot, and it's really a James Bond parody as opposed to a hundred. Yeah, this is like some people are like you know you know what that Austin Powers really like see how he just like he just did the bond thing yeah he made it funny and all the rest isn't that really smart and refreshing i'm like no, no, no. rewind rewind mm -hmm. the son of a bitch up jump back 30 years before and we've already done it yeah yeah it's it, it is very interesting i hadn't really thought about it in terms of the awesome power stuff i'm glad you brought that up because that's a really interesting context but mm -hmm. yeah i mean herbert Lamy is kind of dr evil He's a hundred percent Doctor Evil in this, but we'll we'll get to all that in a minute. Um, but so yeah, we you know we haven't uh, done a show since Halloween, mm. and uh, you know we were talking offline earlier, like how how much fun we had at Halloween, and and I had to. So the night of Halloween was kind of a bummer because I was in class, oh. and that's when all the trick or treaters came and. I was really excited about that. I was hoping they would do it Saturday night, you know, because it yeah. was a weekend. Didn't happen. They did it Monday night on Halloween proper, which is how you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I was unable to to enjoy any of that. Yeah. Um, because I was too busy learning, you know, linguistics and constituent 
clauses that can't be moved and if it makes you feel any better like as soon as you're qualified as a teacher you'll not be able to enjoy anything else again because you'll be busy marking papers so (laughs) you know yeah i mean there's that uh but here's the thing duncan is i feel like i'm just gonna get the gist of papers that i'm grading yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, let's look how like, they are in class. Like, I'll know what it's, it's like. It's like multiple choice like answers. Like, you just like you like A B, right? Maybe C C C A B. You don't need to read them. Yeah, I, I, look, I'm gonna know what grade they deserve by how they treat me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm not above rewarding <laughs> students who just suck up to me. With A's, like I, I'm gonna be an easy A as long as you're like, oh, you're, have you lost weight, Mister Ranstell? Yeah. You're like, oh, <laughs> Billy, you are, you are doing well in this class. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, by the way, uh, so I'm almost done. Like I'm, you know, a month out essentially from being wrapped up, which is yeah, great. Um, and I get periodic emails from the school system here that's like, you done yet? Yeah, we need we, teachers. We need teachers badly, <laughs> yeah. and we're opening a whole new school, and we don't have teachers for that son of a bitch mm-hmm. either. And uh, the thing that I'm just crossing my fingers for is, uh, um, is that I don't get middle school. So what's middle school then? Middle school here is six through eight, which would be about you know eleven to thirteen, twelve to fourteen, that neighborhood. It's oh right, so that's high school for us. So high, like so in this country, primary school is from ages five through to about eleven, and then high schools from eleven through to eighteen, with the option for kids to drop out at sixteen. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, once they complete their fourth year of high school, they can officially leave school. But you know, if you wanted to go in and do like university, for example. Um, or even to an extent, some college you kind of need to set at least a minimum of one of the higher years, which is the fifth and sixth years. So, yeah, so here we have middle school, which is sort of corralling the worst ages all together. Yeah, of like, hey, these are the developmental ages where you're going to be a nightmare, yeah, as a human being. You know, like this is, this is when the hormones are hitting you. It's, it's, you know, like we were talking about earlier, that age when you start to push boundaries of authority and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's segregated where that's middle school and then high school is, you know, uh, nine through years, nine through 12. See that, see that makes a lot more sense, like over how we do it. So essentially you're first second your first and second year in high school so it'd be ages once again 11 through 13 yeah are essentially you learn every like you sit you have to set every subject so that's english maths chemistry physics biology like woodwork like you like you study absolutely everything mm-hmm. and then in your third year which would be essentially your high school you get to then choose what classes that you want to do so you choose eight classes which meet your curriculum up. There are core ones that you can't choose. For example, you must sit maths, you must sit English, uh, you must do a social science, so history, geography, or modern studies. Um, uh, but the, uh, with that, it's a kind of, you can choose what you want. So you, you've got the option to take music or not take music. Yeah. You've got the option to, like, these sort of things. So you specifically, and that's based around what you want to do kind of longer term. So that third and fourth year, if you were wanting to become an apprentice, joiner for example you can cater your classes in your third and fourth year 
to such a way that you would get qualifications to get you into college to do that sort of thing. Um, and then your fifth and sixth year is like a condensed version of that over here. So your final two years in high school, if you decide to go on and go on to do further education, um, you would, I think you only have to choose five subjects there. Um, and whatever you get in that is essentially setting you up for university. So oh, a- like, so the fact that you, that, in a lot of respects, that to me seems a bit better to have like a, a midpoint Mm-hmm. like section there for, for that as opposed to like because when kids go into high school they're in high school so you're in that building for at the most six years um amongst everyone else and it's huge ranges yeah um and there so th- to me that kind of i, I kind of like that system of right there's a kind of midway point where you know you're you're getting all your shit sorted out and then you move into high school proper so right and in theory middle school is also to help you prepare like academically as well because you're going from elementary school to okay well now you need to learn skills like here's how you study and here's yeah, how you're yeah. writing papers and then when you get to high school all of it's going to be that's going to be assumed that you know how to do that stuff yeah, yeah and yeah. then you can do the more focused um you know like in with with american high schools it's more like hey do you want to go into what are often referred to as industrial arts, like more trade school kind of stuff. Or do you want to pursue the academic track, which tends to be like AP classes and that kind of thing where you can get some early college credit and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, uh, but I don't want middle school. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't want that. It's probably what's going to happen because I'm going to be a first year teacher and they're just like, we're going to throw you to the wolves sort of thing. In a lot of respects, that may be, it's not desirable, but it might be good from your point of view, like get the work, like whatever you get there at, at however difficult that is in some respects might never be that difficult again. Well, and my, you know, my girlfriend's kids are that age. So I'm not, I'm not going in. (laughs) <laughs> without an understanding and one of them is hello fellow children yeah hello fellow children <laughs> yeah so i kind of know what i'm getting and i've seen you know like the boy child if not the worst kid in the class is at least in the conversation mm. you know despite our best efforts for him not to be but he is yeah. definitely a real a real pill in, yeah. in the classroom so it's like i understand what i'm kind of getting myself into with with kids of of that stripe yeah. and so that's kind of my expectation so for every kid that's like oh no i'm here to learn i'm gonna be like oh god bless you you sweet summer child <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, you're gonna end up like you're gonna end up like uh like eric cartman um in that episode the south park where they did what was it um Oh, uh, the the song like uh, oh, what's the Michelle Pfeiffer movie where she has to go into the hood oh dangerous and, minds <laughs> yeah like dangerous minds you go back how do I reach these kids yeah <laughs> the, yeah the standard <laughs> deliver thing um you know it's I uh, you know, the the one thing that I am cool with is the idea of bouncing kids right into summer school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i i just don't have any like i want all the kids I, i'm looking forward to it you know i do enjoy being around kids that age and i like their enthusiasm yeah. and all that stuff but yeah as soon as they're a problem it's like oh in school suspension suspension and summer school those are the yeah. tools at my disposal and i will <laughs> avail myself of them like you know i and I, I it's a conversation i have with my girlfriend all the time about about the boy child is like 
you know, I, I feel so bad for the teachers. And at some point their patience is going to break and he yeah. is going to end up in summer school. And while we're off traveling somewhere, he's, he's going to be, be stuck by yeah. with his much more strict grandparents. Yeah. Going to summer school while we're off doing something fun. And, you know, I know he's going to uh, just climb up on the cross for that one. But it's like, look, man. You, you can only do what you can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like you you can you can only you can only uh you can only raise something so many times before you know there, there's that there is that thing about like I, I do it in my although my daughter can be too clever for her own good at times. Like she loves her iPad. And like that's the tool that I use as a, if you do not do this, the iPad comes off yeah. you. And you know it's trauma when it comes off her. The the little witch is that like she's very good at other things though. She she's kind of like oh look what I, I went upstairs and I decided to draw this beautiful portrait. And I'm like oh for fuck's sake! Like she's right. going, like, I can't praise you for the thing I was punishing you for. Yeah, like, like, she's like outside like like the like, like let me see let me see the uh, draw this countryside view here. Yeah. Beautiful bit of art that's now hung on the wall. I, like, as, but at the same time, though, there is that thing where, like, she gets the the what well, kind of almost the three strike thing of like this is a second strike. The third strike it does come off you, yeah. And uh, but when it does come off her, it is that like there's almost like she senses like a degree of betrayal from me because I've done that. And I'm like, no, 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 signposted. Yeah, like signpost. Like this is the first strike. This is the second strike. The next time it comes off, so it is, it's fully worded out, but you kind of have to, the thing is you have to follow through with the punishment. Mm -hmm. Otherwise the threat of the punishment is nulled. Yeah. yeah. So right. like, if you see, if you don't study or you don't do this, you're going to end up in summer school. And you know, like that summer school thing has to be there and has to kind of happen in order to reinforce what you said. Otherwise, you're pissing in the wind, you know what I mean? It's like you kind of, it sucks, but it kind of, it's the way the world works. I, I, I've totally just become like an old man now. I, no, it, it's just, uh, but uh, you do get, I get it. Where you're like, this is how the world, like, uh, yeah, like I wish, like, I, I remember, I wish I'd spent more time like unpacking when my mum said that to me. This is how the world works, Duncan. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it does. And I like never questioned, like, what do you mean when you say that? Oh, so things do have a consequence. All oh, right, tell me more. Um, you know, I, I never did that. So by the time you learn as an adult, it's kind of like, I really wish. But you do. That's the thing. As a kid, you're told about it all the time. It's just it's so far down on the list of things of interest. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I don't know. I, I don't tell know. the kid all the time, I'm like, here, here's the thing. When you get a job, you can either be the best at it and be yeah. an asshole <laughs> or yeah. you can be okay at it and be a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. And right now you're not good at either of those things. <laughs> like you're, you're kind of a shithead and also <laughs> not very good at anything. So I don't know where you think the money that you dream is coming to you is going to come from. Yeah. But being a, you know, below average student who also mm. has a bad attitude is really yeah. not the place to be. You yeah. know, uh, it's it's like the Animal House thing of like fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Like the the girl is very much like like winner, where yeah. she has her tablet and she likes playing Roblox. God, God, that's help us my all. my daughter. That's my my daughter's jam. That's what she does yeah. as well. So and <clears throat> so all you have to do is be like, hey. 
if you keep this up, you're going to lose internet, which means no Roblox, and we're going to yep. take your tablet away. And she's like, I don't know what I did, but yeah. let me begin. First of all, I apologize unreservedly. <laughs> here's 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 the opening statement in my ten part apology, right? Yeah. Right, you part can. One. <laughs> <laughs> and and like she'll grumble about it, but you can you can completely rein in the behavior that way. Yeah. The boy, on the other hand, has already lost all internet privileges. Hasn't had the <laughs> internet in a long time. Lost his Xbox, which is a bummer for me because I want to yeah. play video games, mm -hmm. and I use him as an excuse to do that. And with yeah. him not having the Xbox, I can't I can't play as many. You're not getting games. Xbox, no. <laughs> You're right. Like if you don't play Xbox, that means I can't play Xbox as much as I want. So. <laughs> Get your shit together. So he, all of that is gone. The only thing he has access to is the TV. And even that is like sporadic. Yeah. So it, it's like, we can't take it. Like you are the, the threat right now, aside from like losing like birthdays and Christmas and stuff like that. The other big one is like, you've got the biggest room in the house and we're about to put a lock <laughs> on that thing and move you this little room where the cats poop <laughs> and you can live among the cat feces. <laughs> Like an animal. Uh, <laughs> so, but that's also a problem because I'm like, when I move in, it's like, that's going to be my office. Yeah. I get yeah, the yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> which kind of shows you where my status is. But, uh, but right now the conversation is like, well, we're going to have to move him to the poop room. Yeah. Where he's just going to sleep on a mattress on the floor surrounded by litter boxes until... He could behave at least for a couple of days in a row. It's, 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 it's insane. And like, I come from a background like where I was always the good kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I was good in school. I didn't like, it, it's not like I, blindly, well, yeah. I, I didn't <clears throat> blindly, uh, uh, you know, accept authority, but I also knew well enough that like you kind of go along to get along. Yeah. And so, like, if you want to bitch about your teachers and be, like, rebel, rebel and all that, you just kind of do it in quiet out back and not... Yeah, yeah. The there's, there's, there, the, the, you, don't have to, you don't have to agree with anything, but there's an easy road to get through things, and there's yeah. a difficult road. And why spend all that time going through the difficult road when, you know, just putting a pleasantry on, yeah. keeping your thoughts to yourself sometimes and smiling can get you through that easy road. I, yeah, I know. I the number of times I've, I've told him like you, you are the one making your life harder. Yeah. It's not it, it, like in his mind though, it's just like, everybody's mean to me and wants yeah. me to be somebody that I'm not. And you're like, well, if this is the person <laughs> you have decided to be, you can choose to be that person, but it makes life much more difficult for you. You can change like literally two things and, yeah. and your life is easy. Like you, you it, it just drives me fucking crazy, man. He has every opportunity in the world up like you were. You are a young white man in America. Have yeah. you not <laughs> gotten that through your head? <laughs> and you were upper class, kid. You were like, you mm -hmm. have everything. And you're, you know, just, I, I'd rather be in trouble all the time and not have shit. <laughs> all right, well. Um, you want to talk about some movies? Yeah, like I, I, I've forgotten what it's like to talk movies with you. Uh, it's been that long since we did it. Uh, I've got mine loaded up. If if you want me to go first, but if you yeah, got... you kick us off, and I'll 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 okay, no me, doubt feed in. Let me, all right, let me start off with my bad. Oh, uh, bad. Well, because I I I don't want to linger on it. Um, but I also want to at least address it. Um, uh, which is 
I, I'm, it's not what you think it is. <laughs> All right. All right. Go for it. So I want to talk about VHS 99. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't think I'll be that far away from you on this, I think. We'll see. But go for it. Okay. So <laughs> this is one I talked about on, on an episode of Found Footage Full recently over on the Dark Parade, available on the podcast catcher of your choice. Oh, look at that. Look at um, that. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem I think with VHS 99 mm-hmm. is there are, it, it is stories that you would expect to be in VHS 99 for the most part. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, we've talked about a million times, every anthology kind of lives and dies by the quality of each segment. Yep. Um, the first one of them, I'm like, this is a completely mediocre VHS 99 segment. The second yeah. one, I was like, this is, it's got. The second to- one had a great setup, yeah. but the ending was like, see the, the idea. And I was thinking, the more I thought about this, the more I was like, that. why have we not had, this is a movie, the idea of like a, like a sorority or whatever they're supposed to be, like, like pranking someone by burying them and then being chased off and that person physically dying. Mm-hmm. And them having to deal with the consequences of that afterwards is a great concept for a horror movie. Yeah. It's like fucking perfect concept for a horror movie. And then they fuck it in the ass, because it's a VHS segment. So we need a scary reveal of some sort of creature. And uh, to me, was, and that's the dude that did um, a fucking 47 meters down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's Johannes easy, like, her fisherman. Yeah, the, her, her, uh, Johannes. Her, her, her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Clata, Barat. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a great setup. Terrible uh, ending. I thought, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Although, in terms of it being a VHS segment, I'm like, okay, mm. that was above average. You know, it's I'm, got... Once it, yeah. And, and honestly, the moment where the girl is trapped in the coffin and starts hearing the knocking on the coffin, I was like, that's oh, really yeah. scary. That's a scary It's creepy. Segment. And the, the effects of the, you know, the... The ghoul or whatever it's supposed to be, really well done. Yeah. Like I liked that. I liked yeah. it. But like I say, it, like uh, to me, it had such a like. It's almost like the reverse, the vanishing. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, yeah. which to me was like that's a really that is a really. And we've seen it done before. You know, you accidentally like people accidentally kill someone at shallow graves. You know, you accidentally kill someone, and how that affects your relationship and all the rest. But like to me, the idea of it done through that prison was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then it became like everything else initially by the end uh, what did you think of the third one the flying lotus one yeah. um i thought it was terrible yeah i would agree <laughs> i i've and it's the one you know again i i, I said this on on dark parade but that was the one where halfway through it i just stopped watching vhs 99 yeah where i was like i this is the color palette is terrible the camera work is terrible i don't yeah. give a shit about anything that's going on here it's just you know, it, it's just bad filmmaking. Yeah. And and I went back and I finished it. And I I, I still, even at the end of it, I was like, this was garbage. This it's is badly like, written. It's yeah. really, really, really badly written. Um, because I was thinking about it. It never really explains. Not that that's a thing for me, but it never, like the previous segment. Like, so the first segment, like, and the... Three minutes it took to explain that story. I knew what the premise was. I knew what the setup was. The payoff happened. Seen it done before a million times. But there's a story there. The second one, 
there's a story there. The uh, third one, there is no fucking story. There is no story about it. I, uh, I mean, I guess if you were writing the plot of it, it is young girl goes on weird child's game show. Which, is, once again, the 90s was full of these weird yeah. child game show things, right? But right, like, yeah. to me, the, but, the, what, the, but, but like, they're like that. Uh, yeah, Aussie's it. Aussie, like, if you get through this, Aussie will get grant you a wish. And I was like, cool. But there's no explanation as to what Aussie is or anything like that until the very end. And even then it didn't make sense. Yeah. And none of them made sense. And, and it was a bit, it's overtly mean. And I, I, yeah. I've got an issue. I, I've got an issue. If this guy was he complete, if we'd seen like a clip of him, I don't know, like sweeping things under the carpet from the girl, like hurting her leg and all the rest, then I'm done with that. But like, like they literally torture the fuck out of this guy for what probably wasn't his fault. He's a host of a game show. He don't fucking control the game show. And it's all pee and poop stuff. Yeah, you know, when uh, yes. they're torturing yeah, yeah. him. And I'm like, yeah. I don't find this interesting. No. You know, like it it's not offensive or shocking or whatever. Like it's been done by better movies. And hundred percent, yeah. Like if I want to see pee and poop stuff, I'll just go watch, you know, Sallow. Yeah. And if I want to be shocked by it, but this is just like, oh, isn't that gross? And it feels like speaking of middle schoolers, it feels like something a middle schooler would write. Yeah. And you would be like, all right, I understand that you were you're you were not very well emotionally developed, and that's where this came from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it ends very well. And then you've got the the Medusa segment, which was like, uh, okay, this feels like something that would be it you know, it follows that pattern like the first one of Yeah. Hey, some people run afoul of a thing that they shouldn't have been fucking around with in the first place. Yeah. And it's like, ah, okay, fine. The CHEI is not horrific and all that. But it, it at least isn't overly long. No. And, and no, then no, the no. last segment I genuinely liked. I thought that last I'm the same as you, but that's yeah. the dead, 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 dead stream. Which was also very fun. Which was also, in one month, that guy's put out two really good found footage things yeah. on Shudder. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like, just keep getting. Keep giving him money. Yeah. Like, please. Like, he clearly has a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. He can write horror comedy really, really, really well. Yeah. And he understands the visual tool. He, he understands found footage better than any of the other directors on that. Because it made it made sense in a really fun kind of... like That's the only time I can think of. Because like they say, like, VHS 99, it literally takes you to hell. And I'm like, oh, cool, I can't, because how many times have I seen, Jason goes to hell. How many times have I actually not seen hell in a movie? And I saw it in this one, I was like, that's a really good, like, yeah. I can believe that, if that was what it was. Um, so it yeah, was, I, I enjoyed that last segment. It was really ambitious. Yeah. In a way that, like, even Deadstream wasn't. Deadstream's very yeah. contained. And and it works for that. And I, 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 I enjoyed Deadstream quite a bit. But this was like, it wasn't just the fuck around and find out philosophy of a lot of these segments. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what if, what if these people were there at the moment of a demon summoning yeah. <laughs> and just by sheer bad luck, Proximity, yeah. <laughs> yeah, end up in hell and are trying to figure out what to do. And yeah. it's like, that's a very good premise and having yeah. uh, the girl actually from Deadstream, the the, yes. the one who played Chrissy in that. Well, and the main the main guy as well. Yeah. well the main guy, you know, the, the actual dude that directed it yeah. is the main character in both. So And, and having her, uh, like I, I said this before too, but I, her 
playing this almost like Shakespearean puck character. Yeah. Who's like, what do you mean you don't want to eat human flesh? Yeah. And what? What, what are you even doing here? Um, it was really funny and it was really yeah. clever. And there's kind of a, a title tag or an end credits tag that you know, yes. pays that off in a way that's yeah, kind of yeah. fun. It was like, so there's one segment that is slightly above average and one that's legitimately good. But isn't that VHS though? Like, I was thinking about this. That's yeah. my ratio for pretty much every VHS that's ever been released. This was one segment I think is really, really, really good. Uh, last year's one was the, it was the found footage um, uh, right-wing militia group that kidnaps a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I loved funny. that. I thought it was so funny. I like, thought the it, rat thing was funny too. The rat got I was all right with a rat thing. It, was, it was quick enough that I was like, yeah. okay, this is fine. But like when you get that, like that's what I'm saying. Like, I think all of the, all the VHSs for as long as I can remember have like one incredible segment, one that's above average, a pretty ropey Lincoln segment, and the rest is kind of like basic bitch thin footage horror. And yeah. the I, it, but it's a formula. Yeah, the, it, the thing is, it's it's done well. It's the most what is the most watched um, original property on on Shudder, and they're doing another one, and I'm like. But like, listen, there's an audience there for it. It's just, I don't know why I keep going back to expecting something better than what I've got because we're, what, five movies in now and they all are pretty much the same formula over and over and over again. And I feel like it's various shades of, I think this is well done to, you know, like on one of them to other ones where I'm like that, this is like amateur or what are we fucking doing here? Um, and that's kind of the way it is. And I don't know if I'm happy about it, but... You know, if maybe I should just be happy that like everyone contains a segment that's almost as good, if not as good, as that uh, going to hell segment from '99, which yeah. is really good. It's really fun. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And and so that's why I, I kind of wrestle with it because I'm like, it's you know, it, it's real uneven. There's some stuff that's completely expected, and I just wish there were more of the like unexpected we're going to have fun with this premise in and and like you said for it being set in 99 the fact that there's not more millennium stuff in it well this like is the, like that's an obvious missed thing for me is i think uh, y2k is mentioned once yeah and it's in that segment you know yeah and i'm like why is this not being mentioned like all the way through i mean it does like there's certain things there's a certain even though like, you're talking about the pee-poo thing, I'm thinking about that. If like if you were watching like early CKY videos back then and stuff like that, that was the majority of the humor in it. So I kind of get it to an extent, but I don't think it worked all that well overall. Um, also, it was just very... It was surprisingly mean. And yeah. that's not something that usually gets me, but every segment was like surprisingly mean. Yeah. Um, Whereas in the past, I think there are segments where people have like either survived or something's kind of oh we just got out there and no more. Um, like this one, it was like no no no, they all must die horribly. <laughs> like everyone must die horribly in this. Yeah, so, I, I mean, again, going back to the the rat god one from the previous installment, like it ends with you know all hail you know rats yeah all hail the, yeah, yeah, like, yeah it's like that that's to fun. me that's fine that's yeah. well that is fine that we can have that um I, I i will counter yours with a movie that i dare say we're not going to spend any great degree of time talking about because i'll just be honest with you it was surprisingly fucking boring uh, oh, but I... does have a director behind it who 
like did the vigil, and I loved the vigil. Um, but Firestarter is oh yeah, like just wake me up when the movie's done. Um, like now I'm starting to realize why episodes of Heroes was like forty minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's yeah. basically what it is. It tries and to then it, turn Firestarter into kind of a superhero origin story. Hundred percent does that, and, and in a world where that Brightburn movie's already done that mm-hmm. and done that really well, you know, the idea of here's like a superhero. What would happen if the you know the people that gain superhero powers or you know some entity from somewhere else that had superpowers on this planet just decided he was bad, you know, or just decided that he didn't want to follow your morality or you know any what would that play out like but the idea of this one being anything other than i'd like i don't understand here's here was the thing that kind of went over and over in my mind i don't know why this property because firestarter the original one with is more known nowadays as the was it was the debut film of drew barrymore or mm-hmm. there or thereabouts but it wasn't exactly well this is top five king it's a relatively okay average movie then based on a not great source material the firestarter story is not that not one of king's best it's surrounded by heavy hitters and then we're going to do it now and we're going to get a good director to do it and we're going to get like a, a competent group of actors involved with it with good special effects and it still turned out as painfully beige I just don't know what the outcome. I, I don't, and I also thought to myself, I don't know who the market is because even if it is superhero fans, there's not enough of that in the movie to merit someone that was really into superhero movies going to see it. There's not enough horror in it. Even I, I, I came out going like that. Is this even a horror movie? Like I, I don't think it is. So ultimately, what I was kind of left with was I am unsure at any point in this movie who this is actually aimed at. Like it just it felt like a. Can almost a catch-all, but maybe get some people that are interested in this, maybe get some people that are interested in that. We'll shove Zac Efron in it because everyone loves a bit of Zac Efron, who's really good in it. Once again, yeah, he totally just fine. continually reminds you he's a good actor. But the kid was not great. Um, the ending was baffling. And um, like just everything throughout it was just a whole lot of... You, you got Clarence fucking Bodiger in your movie. I love that guy, right? Like, you know, can you fly, Bobby? He's in that, and he's he's in a blink and you miss him role that adds nothing to it at all. Why is he in that movie? Um, it's just like a whole lot of that. There's a whole lot of why. Um, maybe spoke about it a little longer than I expected to. I just it was a it wasn't even the worst one I saw on my thirty one of October, but it was the one at the end of it that I was just like that. I literally wasted my time here. Yeah, yeah. It's not just a bad horror movie. It's just it. It's a real nothing of a movie. It's a yeah. nothing of a movie. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those ones that you know. I know for a fact next year I will remember fuck all about it. Now that right, we've just, talked I'll about Clarence Boddicker being in it, I'm just thinking of him going fire status leave. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, literally, just give me my fucking phone call. <laughs> you know what I mean? So many great lines. Such um, a great villain. He's yeah. a fucking professor in this. I'm like, that's bad casting. Also, <laughs> why have your villain, or, you know, kind of that George C. Scott character from the original, yeah. makes this weird hero turn at the end that I doesn't make no any sense? I have no clue what that is. It makes, you know, like you see, it makes, the ending left me visibly perplexed. Yeah. I was like, what, what are we doing there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it, it, right. Like I understand the, like you got to burn it all day. Like I'm unusually fond of both book and movie fire starter, <laughs> even for no mind. good reason. <laughs> I understand that. I understand this is a me thing, not, not a quality of the movie. But there is something I find genuinely good about both in the book and the movie where her father at the end of it is like, got to burn it down, Charlie. Burn it yeah. all down. Don't ever let him do this again. And that's what she does. And it's like, fuck yes. Like, you know. Yeah. And again, I think the effects of the original movie are kind of interesting. Those big fireballs blowing mm -hmm. up buildings and stuff. It's like, this is pretty good. For the time, yes. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And like hitting a dude and throwing him up in a tree and exploding and all that kind of stuff. It's like, this is what... Uh, the fact that you didn't have that scene in this movie... As where, baffling. Right. Yeah. Like, why don't you... There is no... There's no, like, culminating a fire-starting event in the yeah. movie Firestarter that yeah. makes you kind of sit up in your seat and either cheer or you're you're yeah it doesn't crescendo or... at all yeah it just yeah, maintains a kind of meh piece all the way through it and I, I find that i find that well that's what i'm saying i don't know who it's aimed at like if it's an action movie there should be more action in it if it's aimed at a superhero crowd they're preconditioned for that action that you're not getting if it's for the horror crowd where's the horror yeah i, I don't i could not i could not get my head around it except that maybe it's a very elaborate ponzi scheme for financing like drug money from the cartel <laughs> like right. I, I couldn't work out why and once again it's, it's another notch on the inevitable declining quality of blumhouse who four years ago i think had four or five horror movies out that i was like these are all genuinely fucking great original properties and they were in the the remake factory yeah. which were about you know which were we're in now that's the that's their world and any interview with Jason Blum now is basically, you know, I'd love to get the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm like, oh, goody. Um, you know what? I would, I would love you to, I don't know, make a Happy Death Day 3. Go and give that guy money to make that movie as opposed yeah. to fucking sitting on. Like, it's not as if you can't afford to do it. You can totally afford to do it. Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a head scratcher, Bo. But yeah, I, to me, that was... And the thing is, I went in not expecting to like it because I'd heard the traffic, but um, I think I maybe disliked it more than a lot of people did. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, we can vie for that crown. Uh, I thought it was real bad. And I'm I'm somewhat of a defender. Like I, I can't remember yeah. if it's Firestarter or Cujo, but it, whichever, one of those is the one that Stephen King is like, I don't remember writing that shit. I was, <laughs> I was on blow. I was drinking a lot. I know the book came out and I got paid for it and they made a movie out of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I know I wrote it. <laughs> um, and, but it, you know, it came out of that period of Stephen yeah, King yeah, yeah, where it, you know people were paying him millions of dollars to write whatever was coming off the top of his coked up dome. It's like <laughs> it's like that interview. It's like that interview with with, with John Saxon where he talks about making the the weirdly titled Cannibal Apocalypse, which is like a like a Vietnam zombie like on the street crossover like veteran sort of movie and he literally said i was going through a messy divorce i had like bills to pay i moved to italy for a couple of years and i can't remember any movie i did <laughs> like i literally I, I made about eight and i remember none of them like so <laughs> what are you uh, gonna and, do <laughs> and i think that uh i can't think of the director's name now but the guy who did the vigil which was a terrific movie great movie and, yeah and, and his segment his segment in cabinets of curiosities 
was really good. So yeah, I, I wonder if this wasn't edited behind him or reshot or, or, or maybe it's just, you know, they threw a dump truck full of money and he was like, Hey, I can make that's, this. Listen, that was my thought. My thought was I've like, I've obviously struggled and hustled to get where I have. I've got this movie that's got a claim. Now one of the biggest horror studios in the world is preparing to give me money to adapt a Stephen King property. I'm going to fucking do that. And then, you know what I mean? You can, he didn't write the script. <laughs> As well directed as yeah. just meh. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so yeah. all right, let's let's turn our attention to something good then. Yes. And and Duncan, I am I am proud to report. Oh. That uh, my good this week <laughs> is the movie Weird, the Weird Al story. Oh, I've yet to see it. It is a delight. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say there are some spoilers here. Ooh. Because if you if you have any interest in seeing this, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you to go ahead and see it, but I'm gonna spoil some stuff that is better if you experience it, mm. not knowing because all right, so the movie is smart enough to understand that a an actual biopic of Weird Al Yankovic isn't that interesting. Because by all accounts, he's a very nice man who has done yeah. very well for himself and, and mm-hmm. been good to the people around him. And so the movie is instead a parody of biopics. Ah, nice. Which makes sense that a a parody artist is given yes. the parody treatment in yep. a biopic. And so it starts off, as you would expect, with him as a young man who has a secret dream to make up different words for songs that already exist mm-hmm. and his parents coming down hard on him for that. In fact, there's a line his mother has where she says like, we love you. We just don't want you to pursue your dreams or do the things that you love. If these are the <laughs> things that you love. Uh, and, and his father is also weirdly anti-accordion. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and so when Thomas Lennon as the door-to-door accordion salesman shows up, his father beats the ever-living shit out of him on the floor. <laughs> and and so Weird Al leaves home to be to pursue his dreams of being an accordion player. Also, he gets taken home from a polka party by the police who roused a polka party, which is a thing that I find very funny as well. <laughs> They're like, they're sorry, Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Yankovic, we found your son at a polka party. What? <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> and so <laughs> he ends up pursuing his dreams and um you know, like he's living with some roommates as he's as he's playing the accordion. And they're like, well, don't you have a dream? And he's like, yeah, I always wanted to make up different words to a song that already exists. And they're like, well, why don't you do that? And he's like, what, right now? I don't even know if I can anymore. And they're like, all right, well, if you say so. And so there's this terrific sequence where he's like, hey, does anyone want me want me to make him a sandwich? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I think you'll find in the fridge there's some bologna with my name on it. Mm-hmm. And he and and he's like, what? And they're like, yeah, my Bologna and my Sharona is playing on oh, the radio yeah. <laughs> at the same time. And you just see this moment of him like the light going off and <laughs> going on in his eyes as he's like, wait a second, my Bologna. <laughs> it's 
so goddamn funny. But then it takes this right turn. Like after you see him achieve some success with my Bologna, also he is challenged at a party by Wolfman Jack to make up a parody oh, on the spot. And also the bass player from Queen is there. And so he does another one, rides the bus. And yeah. <laughs> at, at the end of it, Wolfman Jack, as played by Jack Black, by the way, which is quite funny, is like, oh, nice. that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's so funny. And anyway, after this, the hard drinking Weird Al years begin where he's just <laughs> drunk and terrible to everyone around him and ends up in this toxic relationship with Madonna who is secretly using him to try to... Dude, he, he gets <laughs> thrown out of Scotty Brothers records at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And comes back in after he has written Eat It. Mm-hmm. and hands him the tape and there and he's like here it is my completely original song eat it <laughs> and and so they signed him to this big record deal and then michael jackson releases beat it after that in the oh, context right. of the movie and he's like this was my one chance to be an artist who now everyone's gonna think that michael jackson wrote this song first and yeah. i just parodied it which again sends him on another spiral also, there is a drug cartel storyline happening in the background where Pablo Escobar is obsessed with Weird Al and is trying to get him to come play at a birthday party. Fucking hell. Dude, it is pitch perfect as to mm-hmm. what this movie ought to be. It is so silly. It it ends in a way that presumes... Like, the ending of the movie suggests that everything that Weird Al did after 1985 could not have happened. <laughs> and it's just one of those things man where it's just it, it is it's so silly it's it it, it is knowingly silly mm-hmm. daniel radcliffe much like leslie nielsen in the naked gun movies just plays it like it's a drama yeah like it's an honest to goodness like oscar level biopic i think you mean liam neeson in the naked gun movies oh whatever yeah uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson is the Leslie Nielsen of our day, apparently. Yeah. Um, Which means that eventually he will be in a remake of Day of the Animals, and that makes me happy. Also also means that we will get repossessed with... Oh, yeah. Repossessed to... Blumhouse will remake that one, no doubt. Yeah, 100%. Has to happen. It's on my it's on my list. It's not officially out over here yet, but will at some point, I think, before the end of the year. Yeah. So and it's cr- tracking down there. Like crazily well reviewed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like yeah. variety. Nothing but yeah, yeah, like nothing but glowing reviews. Big outlets are like, this completely ridiculous, very silly movie is also you know, like it is it is the right way to make a weird owl movie in that mm-hmm. none of it's real. Yeah, you know, like some of it is. It's weird because there. When I was watching it with my girlfriend, there's a scene where he records, um, uh, my baloney in a bathroom at a a public bathroom in a bus station, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that actually happened. That's real. He yeah. really did that. Yeah. But it's also in a movie where he is like karate kicking drug dealers, and it's yeah. like this is just nonsense. But there's a little bit of truth. 
mixed in with it and that's what yeah. makes it kind of wonderful this is like like this is this shows the difference in our our relationships with our respective partners i'm currently doing the same well that didn't happen that did happen right now with the dammer tv show yeah and i'm with that well no that didn't happen like the 100 didn't happen oh but see that yeah 100 happened in fact the Bachelor reigned back a little bit on how gross the thing it was. Um, so I like that, Bo. I like that we're there to correct things. Well, yeah. just like false well, narratives. Yeah. We did that with the Dahmer show already. Yeah. So, and, and <laughs> I'm, it, I'm three episodes in. So and fair and in fairness to her, she fell asleep about halfway through the Weird Al movie. I don't think yeah. it's because she was uninterested. She was just like, I'm tired and yeah. I'm going to sleep. And I was like, I can't stop watching this because yeah. the moment. <laughs> The moment where Weird Al in the film is talking to Dr. Demento, who is taking a bath in a gold jacuzzi, mm-hmm. and Weird Al is like, hey, what is, uh, is eating nachos that Dr. Demento has offered him, as played by Rain Wilson, by the way, who does a great Dr. Demento. Oh, nice. Um, and he's like, hey, why does this guacamole taste weird? And Dr. Demento says, oh, because it's chock full of LSD. And then he goes on a psychedelic spirit journey. It's like, all right, I'm in. This is this is utter silliness, and I I could not be happier that this is what this movie. Nice. I, 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 like I, I see, I can't wait to check it out. It should be out here before the end of the year. It, so. It's ninety minutes. Where at the end of it, especially at the very end of it, you're gonna be like, that was like heartwarming silliness. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it, it, it's for, like throwaway jokes. Like he keeps asking his his father keeps telling him like you're going to end up working down at the factory with me, and him being like, well, what do you guys even make at the factory? And his father's like, you'll find out once you start working there, and it just becomes a running joke through the movie of like you never know what this factory no. makes. It's it's little silly shit like that. It's very very funny. So um, yeah, uh, but if you if you have even if you are not a Weird Al fan, mm-hmm. it's a good parody of biopic. It, it reminds me a lot of Walk Hard. You oh know, yeah, it's, it's yeah, that yeah. level of like we're we're going to take all of the beats of a biopic and just turn it to the illogical extreme. Yeah, yeah. All well, right, cool. yeah, yeah. So give me your good now that I have waxed poetic about the beauties of the weird al biopic movie <laughs> yeah so like over october i saw a ton of really 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 good movies so uh-huh. like my list this year was surprisingly good which i think it like is doubling down on this year has had actually some really great horror movies like like surprisingly i like just even on a base level the quality is better um i feel there might not be like the standout well this is the movie which like we will be talking about 10 years from now there's been a few yeah, but not they're... to the level where i'm like like there's no get outs this year if you know what i mean yeah um even though jock and peel has had the movie out this year um and i've seen some that i like i will make a case for at the end of the year as being like high level but the one thing i don't want to miss out is this year we got Guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities on netflix which was for four nights you got two episodes every single night where he managed to bring in like like legit great directors and great cast and and do something different um and some of it worked really 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 well for me others maybe not so much i didn't dislike any of the episodes in there 
but like at its top level, it gave me like a reminder that this guy is the guy to watch that no one's watching at the moment, and that is David Pryor, who directed The Empty Man, which I still think is a woefully underseen, under, I think we are going to come back to that movie, maybe not 10 years from now, but there are going to be pieces written about that, you know, is this the movie that we overlooked? And yes, yes, you did overlook it. It's really, really, really good. He directed an episode called The Autopsy, which is the third episode in, and it is fucking brilliant. Like, absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, minimal cast. It has F. Murray Abram uh, as, the, as the main guy. He is brought in to do an autopsy after an event that's happened which is like resulted in like an accident in a in a fucking mine and um they're trying to piece things back and he comes in to essentially do an autopsy off the books for a cop that thinks there's more going on here and it turns out there's a kind of lovecraftian alien thing going on in the background and it has and i shit you not some of the best horror you're gonna see this year in terms of design, acting, delivery, and ending. It's 56 minutes long, and it is a highlight reel of kind of why it's important to it's important from a Guillermo del Toro point of view that at the start of every single episode, he gives you a small introduction and he tells you this episode is directed by, and he tells you who the director is right at the start. Um, this is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I I think it's Fucking great! It's fifty six minutes of a. I wish I like. I wish I'd seen this on a cinema screen, um, and it's not the one that I was like. The, like the Panos Cosmata one is fucking great. It's very much a Panos Cosmatas one and doesn't necessarily fit in with anything else um, in the entire series. It kind of feels like yeah, you just told him to go and do his thing, and he was like that. I need. We spoke about Robocop. He's got Robocop in it. Uh, like Robocop is the cult leader in that. It's fucking great. Um, and you know, it's, it's got some really, really, really good kind of twisty, turny stories, and some that are hyper stylized. The autopsy is legit great. Um, just like across the board, brilliant. Um, amongst a series that, like I say, didn't do a bad episode. Some of them fit more my taste than others, mm-hmm. but it is, it's five stars. I think it's absolutely fucking awesome. And you don't need to watch it. Like, if you're listening out there in listener land, you don't even need to watch all the other episodes, but watch the autopsy. It's fucking great. I'm going to watch that tonight. 56 minutes. Yeah. And please send me a message when you have, because it's great. It's a great standalone weird kind of in some respect it's kind of like a play on invasion of the body snatchers um but done with a lovecraft twist and the the creepy sound of the alien voice um that you hear in it when the story starts to unfold of what it's actually doing when it describes what it's doing and why it's doing it and what the setup is Genuine horror. It's fucking great, man. I, I, I was like, that. Why is not more people talking about this? Like that. Like <laughs> I, I don't. I. It's the same with the empty man. I just don't understand why people are not like. It's like the kind of the because the empty man has that twenty what twenty five minute cold open. Yeah, 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 like that. And I remember seeing that going. This is fucking. Oh, did he just what? Well, it's this sort of thing. It's like imagine that twenty-five cold, the twenty-five minute cold open, but done as a kind of period piece. And when I say period piece, it's like shot in the sixties. I think it's sixties or seventies. Um, in small town America, 
with a Lovecraft alien sort of thing going on. And yeah. And F. Murray Abraham is fucking great in it. He's, he's generally pretty good in a lot of stuff, but he's but he plays it spot on. You're gonna you're gonna love it. Uh, but more people need to watch that. Like this is one of these things where it, when it finished, I was like that. Netflix, even if they don't do it every year, should be doing it every second year. This is event. This is like the sort of thing where I'm like, this is an event they should be doing. Just like Guillermo del Toro pick eight directors that you think are doing something really, really, really good and sit down and craft stories and creature design. And there's an episode, in fact, two episodes are Lovecraft short stories, like like adapted to Lovecraft. And one of them, they were talking about, I saw like a behind the scenes thing. I think it's a, a is it Pickman's model or, mm-hmm. or, yeah, or that. Well, they do that. It's got Crispin Glover in it. Uh, <laughs> fucking Oh, sold. Why I'm telling the cast and the directors are fucking great. Like honestly, it's like you're watching. You're just like, oh, and they do that. And at the reveal at the end of that, where you start to think, see where things are going with that story. Uh, Del Toro had basically said like we could do. Well, he was told we could do these creature CGI, and he's like, no, no, puppets, yeah. animatronic puppets. For all you see of them in it, it's less than five minutes. But they like they a full fucking crack team of people building these creatures from fucking scratch like that, and I'm just like, that's what we need, because it's it's, it's Guillermo del Toro, and he's now got he's worked his he's eat some shit, he's made some movies which are not that great, um, he's done some movies that won Oscars, but he's now at that status now. He comes out like Alfred Hitchcock at the start of each episode, and I'm like, that's who he is now. Mm-hmm. He is yeah. our new Alfred Hitchcock. Like, just like Netflix, just keep giving them money and keep giving me stuff like that. Even if there's only one episode that I like, it. I tell you right now, that that one episode, that autopsy, is better than all the VHSs combined. Oh, big words, big words, Duncan. Yeah, there we are. Uh, I'm, you know, I I'm looking forward to watching that. In fact, I probably will watch that tonight. It, it reminded me, I wanted to recommend to you and the listeners a book. Ooh. And I look, I don't know. Nobody likes to read. Um, <laughs> I'm elected to lead, not to read. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's look, it, 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 all those words put together. It's like a big puzzle. Um, and and you have to <laughs> you have to want to get into it for that. But um, I'm <laughs> I'm in the midst of a book right now called A Black and Endless Sky. Ooh, uh, right. Speaking of Lovecraftian uh, by a guy named Matthew Lyons, I'm about eh, a third of the way through the book right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to read something that is kind of modern day Lovecraftian horror, that mm-hmm. isn't like it, it doesn't wear it on its sleeve. It's not like fan fiction. It's just yeah, yeah. doing cosmic horror in a way that's really interesting and is good and violent and fast paced. Uh, a Black and Endless Sky by Matthew Lyons is, is terrific. Um, so I mean I don't know how it ends yet, but I'll. You know, it, could, it could be terrible. Be eating some shit if it ends. <laughs> right, right. At the end of it, it it's just like psych. yeah. <laughs> and and by the way, we didn't mention it earlier, but all the characters are cats. And like, wait, yeah, <laughs> that's not what I had in my head at all. Uh, but I, I I've really enjoyed it so far, and and like I like the writing style, and I like the fact Yo. that it's very. Like the book came out this year, so it's a very modern. ah yeah. I'm always on the lookout for something. So yeah. black and endless oh. guys, uh, pretty good. And I will definitely watch 
that episode of Cabinet of Curiosity. Yeah, like gonna... the, the, that one, and like, like I say, there's a there's a handful of like you've got the you've got the director of um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night does an episode, and oh, her right. episode is the one that follows up the autopsy, and it's like this kind of hyper satirized, stylized kind of 1960s woman in the house kind of piece with infomercials and all the rest. It's really well done. Uh, Vincenzo um, Natale? Uh, yeah, the, 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 the Cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's the second episode. It's like 35 minutes long. It's based on a short story and it's fucking great. Um, Graveyard Rats. And you've got um, she does who, uh, chick that did the last one did the Babadook. Um, Jennifer Kent, she did the last episode. It's not great, but it's, it's a good old-fashioned slow haunting like kind of haunted sort of story sort of thing. I didn't think it was like excellent, but um, the dude from The Walking Dead, the, the sheriff guy who's not been in it for years, he's fucking excellent in it. And mm. you know, it's got the 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 chick that played the mother in the Babadook plays the the female character in it, and she's it. So it's got powerhouse performances. It just feels a bit predictable. Panos Cosmatos directs a completely fucking batshit hour of psychedelic drugs and weird synth music and weird lights. And right. it's like, it, it ticks a ton of bass. Even if you don't necessarily think this is like the best horror shot I've ever seen, I guarantee there's something in every single episode where you're like, that's really fucking cool. I'm glad they did that. And that's that to me, that's all I want from an anthology. And if I, like I say, the fact it came out and, like our horror community was so busy still debating whether or not Halloween ends is a good movie or not. I think is like a fucking or if Terrifier Two is worth your time. And there you have Netflix, a streaming channel putting out a fucking multi-million-dollar bu- budgeted project, which is all shorts of two every single night through the twenty fifth through the twenty eighth of October. And I was I was I was looking at a a fucking vacuum of people spending any amount of time talking about it, which is weird. It's very, yeah. very, very, very strange. Uh, but what I'm telling you, worth your time. Start with the autopsy. Will do. Uh, I also think that the the Midnight Club, that kind of off-year Flanagan project... Disappeared. Yeah, like nobody talked about that. I was like, this was good. This, yeah, I'm I mean, still, still to watch it, but like, it's Flanagan. Like, well, it's, to me, that should have traction and... It's Bly Manor Flanagan where he like he directs a couple of episodes and he co-writes some of the episodes, yeah. but he's not in on the whole thing like Midnight Mass but or still, something. But it's still it's yeah, but it's still it and it's a really interesting premise. And I know it's based on some books by Christopher Pike that I've never read. But yeah. um but I like, you know, the the where its head's at and uh you know weird man we yeah. spent that's what i'm saying like october was dominated with the halloween combo halloween versus terrifier is literally all my timelines been and it still is weeks on from both titles coming out that's crazy because i couldn't care about either i'm like yeah. both I, of I mean i'm happy are... i'm happy that terrifier did a lot of money it's not sure. a very good movie it's lucky law it's two and a half hours terrifier two is two and a half hours long terrifier two is two and a half hours long what yeah, it's okay. a two and a half hour long movie, and I'm glad that some people are saying it's the best thing they've seen this year, and that, and I'm genuinely glad it's made like ten million, um, because that to me, I like it when scrappy movies have scrappy success. Yeah, but ain't nobody telling me that's a good movie. It got great effects, 
but the acting is on par with that first movie and the story is on par with that first movie yeah. and it's just there's an extra hour of it and Halloween ends is a conversation for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, I don't care enough about Halloween ends to so talk about it that much. Halloween uh, ends exists in a world where you could literally remove Halloween uh, kills completely yeah. and it has no impact on that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like, like zero impact. It's almost like David Gordon Green and uh, and and Co wanted yeah. to make a remake of Halloween or a direct sequel to Halloween that yeah. was really good, and then they did, and then somebody was like, "Well, this needs to be a trilogy," and they're like, yeah. uh, "Um, <laughs> nah. uh, <laughs> um, like, evil dies tonight." <laughs> all right, that's your second movie. Um, and also there's a guy named Corey. That's part three. Um, yep. <laughs> and yeah, I like, and I, that's the piece I've made with it is like, I really yep. like that Halloween 2018. I think it's really good. And everything after that, I, I feel like was somebody's bad idea. It kind of feels like, wait one second, like the Halloween franchise in. Yeah. Yeah, right. It reflects the Halloween franchise. Yeah, which is why I can't understand the outrage about it and what that is literally a franchise which just delivers mediocre at best sequels. Yeah. <laughs> like I was I was initially when I watched do? Halloween ends, I was initially mad for about ten minutes. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Like, why am I getting just what you said? Why am I getting upset about this? I don't really care about this franchise. I yeah, like as soon as as soon as you unplug from that, it's yeah. a surprisingly dumb and enjoyable movie. Uh like not a great movie. Didn't score high with me, yeah. but I was entertained right to the end. I'll give so. you the dumb. I don't know that I enjoyed that much of it, but anyway. <laughs> uh let, let's, yeah, talk well, let's talk about something that we maybe I know I enjoyed this. This yeah. is my fucking this is like when I pitched this, this is why I pitched this. Like just so an excuse for me to sit down and like talk about this movie with you is gonna make me immensely happy, even if you only cracked a smile once during it. So no, I, I enjoyed it more. All right. So obviously we're talking about our uh, Return of the Pink Panther or the Pink Panther Strikes Again, not Return. The, yep. This is the movie that follows Return of the Pink Panther. Yep. Return of the Pink Panther was super successful. So Sellers and and Blake Edwards team up again because there was just so much money going on. Like it made so it much up. money. Yeah. <laughs> and and so the original cut of this thing, Duncan. Yep. was like three hours long. I would watch it. <laughs> and the studio, because and the studio was like, what in the fuck are you doing? This is a Pink Panther movie. And he was like, no, yeah. it's bigger than that. And they're like, no, it isn't. Yeah. And so it it was cut down to, you know, the hour 40-ish minutes that it is. Yeah, and some of it is worth saying, some of it as well uh, is kind of almost Phantasm series put into a later installment, uh, which happened post-Sellers dying. So uh, yeah. so some of the outtakes and scenes in here are used later on. I think, so, yeah, Trail of the Pink Panther, I think, is where that gets used. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll get to that in short order. <laughs> um, and... But in in this one, like Sellers was really pissed off when he saw the final cut of the movie because so much had been cut out, and you know you just got to think this was just like wall to wall skits. Yeah, I mean it. It is a gag based movie, and also the yeah. Sellers at this point were saying like you know, and we'll talk about it more in the next episode. But he is on his way to the grave at yeah. this point. Like yeah. his. 
His health uh, was terrible. His health was really bad, and there was some a mental decline happening as well. Like, yeah, uh, uh, Blake Edwards said something to the effect of, "Like, you walk into any insane asylum, the first person you run into is Sellers. Yeah, like he ought to be locked up. Yeah, and and so it was a a, a set that was rife with conflict. But but that's kind of been the story of Edwards and Sellers all through this. Is that oh since the beginning? Yeah. yeah, that's why you had that gap where they were like that. I ain't doing another movie with him, <laughs> right? And then they do the party, and that's really successful, and that and brings them back. back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so, uh, what what this culminates in is like we were saying in the upfront. Like two and a half hours ago when we started the show. <laughs> well, been off for a month. Yeah, yeah. Everybody calm down. Uh, that it, no it one's really... seen anything. Well, I just calm down, listeners. <laughs> get off your fucking box. Yeah. Well, Jesus. you're going to get... It's been a while, so you get a beefier episode on the on the one bag. Like, next time, next time the, the banter portion of the show will be like 30 seconds where we're like, you're looking well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Good you, day you to you, too. sir. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Sunday. Yes, I agree. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And so the children, <laughs> the wife. Good, 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 good. Yeah. And thus we shall start. And, then, and thus begin. What what cinema have you been watching that might be to your taste, Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we get suddenly formal. I don't know. I don't know. I found this movie agreeable. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Duncan's agreeable movie of the week is. <laughs> I found this one distasteful. Ooh. <laughs> I saw Terrifier 2, and that was a real stinky poo. Uh, <laughs> so dumb. Anyway. So, so this one, as we were saying in the effort, is not really like, hey, something got stolen, and you know the pink no, Panther it's called diamond. a Pink Panther movie. There ain't no Pink Panther diamond yeah. in this one. There ain't no thief, really, to an extent. There is to an extent, but not really. That's not where the story's pitched. Yeah, and and it opens with my favorite character of the whole series, which is Dreyfus. Oh, Herbert Lom. This is this is Herbert Lom's movie. And I as just, he's fucking incredible yeah. in this. <laughs> I just watched The Dead Zone for one of my 31 days of Halloween was The Dead Zone. Yeah. And watching him in that. and Post man, this. It would right. be made after this. It's nuts. Yeah. And it, it's like, I forgot how, like, what a good presence he is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole conversation of like, well, I would think about my duties as a physician and my my oath to help people and then i would go back and i would kill the son of a bitch you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then but, uh, if he'd been he'd been harnessing this he'd be like kill hitler yeah kill! and so it starts off with him talking to his psychiatrist <laughs> played by the same guy we have continuity yeah. in this movie like in the series yeah, and and based on my research, because I haven't seen the rest of these movies, but like what I read was like this is the last time it even bothers with continuity and the rest of the yeah. This is, is this is the the take it to like uh, this is as as expanded as it possibly gets in terms of nonsense, and then from there it will contract inwards, still be full of nonsense, but the ideas and concepts that is going with specifically with the Dreyfus character go supernova like the yeah. next the next movie the dreyfus character is in that 
Oh, okay. Like, like as if this never happened. Gotcha. Right. Um, and they do it really, really kind of smart in that they don't acknowledge anything from this movie. Right. Um, which is fine. Uh, it's like a kind of fever dream. It's a prequel. Um, um, it's, it's, you know, this is, this is Halloween Kills, but it has no impact on the next movie at all. You can watch the next movie without watching this one. But yeah, Dreyfus starts off as from the last movie where he tried to once again kill Cluso uh-huh. uh, and got locked away and Cluso got promoted. We are now taken off from essentially three years from that date. Right. And so, and he's doing well, Dreyfus is. He's, you know, he he's doing great. <laughs> he's got his shit together now. Like he, he's back in action. Um, he's about to be released, though. Right. Like his psychiatrist is like, you know what? We're meeting this panel at two o'clock today. Yeah. When, when we do that, I, I can't see any reason why we wouldn't recommend you for release. Cluso. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he walks into the room and there's a dummy in the background wearing the Cluso outfit. Yeah. <laughs> like, just... It's a, uh, yeah. He's got a hey boy. Um, sorry. That, I, like... Another weird yeah. reference. He's got the, he's like, he's like, the talking Tom and he's like, yeah, every day and every way I'm getting better. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, do this. But even he's, he's kind of the keen intellects back on, even like when he's having that, he's like, you know, there's nothing that would make me happier than sit here and watch you smoke yourself into an early grave and have these conversations where I can detect, you know, that you've had an argument with your wife like you did this morning because you're diddling. And he's like, oh, I keep forgetting that you used to be, uh, you know, the, the chief inspector of the city. And he's like, ah, ah. And will be again when mm-hmm. I get out. And they're like, well, you know, he's an oh, the better man is going to be released and I'm cured and I can't wait to get back out there and regain right. my life. And everything's coming up Dreyfus. Yeah. And up up until Jean Clouseau <laughs> shows up <laughs> to lend a hand. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, all right. So here's how it starts. Yep. He shows up. There's uh, a, a crazy person, like in uh, a Native American headdress. Yeah. <laughs> with a bow and arrow with like the suction cup arrows. Yep. And he see <laughs> like he sees this weirdo. And then for no good reason decides he's gonna hit a croquet ball. Yeah, like so everything's paid off. This is what I love about this. Like everything he walks past here is then paid off. Yeah. Like if you see someone with a bow and arrow, that joke's gonna be you may have to wait for it. Is a hundred percent going to pay off, and yeah, he sees a croquet, which I don't know. It's, a, it's an English sport. I imagine it was popular. In, well, it's a French sport, and really, if it's called croquet, it must be a, a French thing. So yeah. yeah, or it would be croquet, <laughs> like in the you know, like in the UK. But yeah, he finds it, and of course, he grabs it, and ah, yes, I remember it well. And he hits, he hits the ball, and the ball doesn't like hits it far too hard for a start. Uh-huh. It nails this thing, and it smacks poor. Well, in the back ricochets of off a tree. Yep. It's <laughs> him, who, by the way, was just peacefully feeding some ducks. The, the most harmless, like, <laughs> and a tranquil, quiet slut. He's yeah. about to be released, bull. Smacks him and puts him right in the water. Right. And so, of course, Clouseau is trying to help him out of the water. Ends up finally dragging him out, is <laughs> trying to resuscitate him. And giving him mouth to mouth, and well, and- he's giving them a rub on the back at first, which two old women are walking past, and one of them gets really kind of upset by this. And he's like, "I will give you the keys of life." Yeah. He turns them over, starts breathing, and the woman walks over and fucking hits him in the back of head and calls him a pervert. And then says, "Are a couple of filthy old men?" Right, <laughs> thinks they're pervert. Yeah, yeah, pervert. Yeah, and so once 
<laughs> once Dreyfus realizes what has happened <laughs> yeah, and that Clouseau is there has caused him probably to go into the water is definitely most getting, likely. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, and it, to his credit, he recognizes that just chaos follows this guy. And if, yeah. if, if something out of the ordinary happens and Clouseau is there, it's because of Clouseau. It's him. Yeah. yeah. And Clouseau is like, I'm here to speak on your behalf and make sure that you are returned to us. Yeah. And, and, Dreyfus is like trying to keep it together. He's like, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Yeah. It's not necessary. Yeah. You should Please just, go. Yeah, you should just leave. <laughs> and they're sitting on a bench as they're having this discussion. It's a great discussion as well because he, th- he starts talking about um, like all the different people. I think he, he mentions um, uh, like uh, Francois. Yeah. So like, yeah, Fr- he's like that. He's like, yeah, I actually, you know what? Some people are, you know, meant to follow, others are to lead. And he's like, oh, you lead? And he's like, yes, one day I may even like run for public office. He's like, oh. <laughs> the laugh starts. <laughs> well, this... And he's sitting on the edge of the 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 bench. And of course, Cluso stands up and the bench topples over and sends Dreyfus back into the water. Again? Yeah. This is like the third time he's been in the water. Um, and Clouseau goes to help him out. And just as he's got this thing, every day and everywhere, I'm getting better. He's like, and I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to get my old job back. And then, and at that moment, Bo, he, arrow, suction arrow hits him right dude, in the forehead. Before that happens, though, is the rake, right? Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's a sideshow side joke. Yeah. 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 Like, it, it, right. It, <laughs> it's it's him getting out of this lake the second time immediately stepping on the rake that smacks him in the head (laughs) which puts him back in the water and this is the point where dreyfus just starts giggling like a madman again yeah (laughs) and and that that's where he's like you know what i'm going to do uh, I'm going to walk you to the gates i'm going to kiss you adieu i'm going to come back and i'm going to be released and then that's the, the suction arrow yeah. hits him right in the forehead and yeah. without missing a beat, he says, And then I will kill Clouseau. Grabs him by the throat and Clouseau's like, and he's like, Kill Clouseau! Kill! It's fucking amazing. So, yeah, and he's chasing him back to the car, like gets tackled by orderlies who are carrying him back as Clouseau gets in his car. It is very sad that he yes. has not been able to get his business together. Was feeding um, ducks five minutes before the calmest yeah, man in the world <laughs> was fine, and in that small, like e- even with the the psychiatrist like testing him and Mitchie yeah. Clouseau and all that stuff, he's like, because oh, like oh, all he's doing is all he's doing is shouting the word Clouseau like that. Yeah. He's not doing the like the series of like like anarchy like that happen will happen five minutes with Clouseau. Like you can't test that. Bull, yeah. you can't test that in a fucking confined environment. Right. Well, there's no, there is no simulacrum yeah. of Clouseau. It just, you have, it's him or nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, so, you know, he's back in his murderous form uh, while the psychiatrist like looks down from his office window and shakes yeah. his head. And, and then we get to the credits, which yeah. uh, just, just to pay lip service to it, it's a lot of like uh Clouseau chasing the Pink Panther through a bunch of movies. 
Yes. Like Sound of Music and uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's fine. You know, it's it's yeah. kind of a neat credit scene. But but let's get back to what's important here, which is Herbert Brown. Uh, yeah, but we like this is the beauty of this movie is like instead of then setting up a story right after the credits where we've got a long clip or something like that. No, 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 no. It's right into Lama's escaped. Yes, and he's gonna kill Clouseau. <laughs> right. This is in, this is his initial. I am now out. I am going to kill him. And because this doesn't end up going the way that Lom wants, you then get the next phase of this movie. There is no that like regardless of what we say about this movie, there really is no fat on this movie at all. This is a lean. We do set piece, set piece, set piece, set. Well, this this is the way the story. Most of the time, the story won't make much sense, but we're going to rattle through this right to the very end and all that other stuff that we did before were relationships and you know like love interests or you know like a, another character that isn't Dreyfus or Clouseau ain't in this movie mm-hmm. like this is the this is the movie and it's the most streamlined version that you're going to get the next movie is predominantly Clouseau again but this is the this is like this is the the antagonist this is the protagonist um turns out the protagonist <laughs> makes everyone feel like he's the antagonist but like we're gonna do this and you have Clouseau coming home with his groceries into his apartment building and the bag's ripped at the bottom and <laughs> thinking oh this is yeah, such a, a trail of rice following Which him yeah, well, so his neighbour opens the door and sees him and he thinks the best way to play this off is to pretend that he's a tap this. <laughs> that's a little soft shoe yeah and also gets his you know like pocket of his pants hug on the door so we has jokes yeah you've seen these jokes before but we're just using them in a different context again and they work they work and while this is going on dreyfus is (laughs) in an apartment below below where he is busted in bound and gagged the owners of this apartment (laughs) physically kidnapped the owners (laughs) it has one of those like drills that you crank and it is you know, drilling Maybe periscope. Holes. Yeah, with like drilling holes in Cluso's floor, yeah, so that he can poke this periscope up through it to like. Basically, we later learn he is going to blow him up. Oh yeah, he's got yeah yeah. But this building has been blown up more times than we want to care in this series. <laughs> dude, the the insurance that this building must be paying as long as Cluso is a, a tenant there. There's also there's also, that feel, there's also that feeling after you see the the Cato scene that's about to come up, like his downstairs neighbors must just be like, oh no, yeah, fucking <laughs> like, constantly. This ah! is <laughs> this is maybe my favorite of the Cato scene so far. It it, it just goes so nuts. good. <laughs> it, it's because of all the tools at at work. But anyway, so um, as, as, so he's poking the the periscope up through there. Uh, and because Clouseau is putting groceries away and also kind of looking for Cato. He's desperately trying to thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, like, through the course of this, Dreyfus gets an eyeful of ketchup. Yeah. Then some dishwater. <laughs> Clouseau thinks he's in a tiny washing machine. Yeah. She's full of water. He's like, ah, <laughs> sneaky. Holds the fucking water all over his floor. Oh, um, man. And so Clouseau then finally, you know, puts on his robe, is about to lie down in bed. And oh, he stands on his finger. Yeah. That's my favorite. Like, like, he's already he's already had a couple of bad things happen to him, right? But he eventually 
cuts through just as close as changing clothes and his periscope's up against his black sock. Yeah. So he assumes he's drilled into somewhere with it light, so he puts his finger through. Meanwhile, Cluso gets a phone call from uh, the governor or whoever it is, uh, basically phones him to tell him that Dreyfus has escaped and come after to come after him. Yeah. And he stands on his fucking finger and you see the club, he's hanging on by his finger. Ah! <laughs> right, and, and there's another point where like, Cluso just runs into the periscope, which knocks Dravis off the table. You know, and again, it's as cartoony as it could possibly yeah. be. Because where... whenever these things happen, it's a slow-mo effect of them going, oh! It's, it, like, in this, Dreyfus is just Wiley e. Coyote. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it totally is. But you're right, well, this is, he gets his kimono on, he lies down on the bed, and instead of the camera panning under the bed, which is where you expect the camera will go, Bo, yeah, it, it yeah, goes it, up, and you see that Kato has cleverly hidden on top of the canopy of the bed, and is now like cutting his way through <laughs> to launch his attack. <laughs> and, which is what happens, is, hi! And you know, the, the attack is on. Uh, Luzo gets his nunchucks. He gets nunchucks from a pair of socks in the cupboard. Yes. <laughs> Kato gets a bow staff. Uh-huh. Which we then get a sped-up clip of, like, Kato going around his neck. And then we get a sped-up clip of Peter Sellers with what can only be described as plastic nunchucks doing the this. And then it slows down. Oh, Kato goes running towards him. Cluso steps out the way, snaps the like, actually physically snaps the handle of one of the nunchucks over the back of the head, sending Kato right into the TV mm-hmm. with his bow stick. Um, which is just the first of many props we're about to see here. Yeah, so there are <laughs> once the nunchuck is broken and Cluso yeah. realizes it because he tries <laughs> to whip it to around again. <laughs> And it's just a chain. So he gets like a bamboo sword. Yeah, a kendo stick. Yeah. So he actually has a physical kendo stick. And yeah, well, there's this whole cabinet of nothing but just like, you know, martial arts weaponry. <laughs> and they're just pulling from it at various times. Yeah. So they're both they're attacking and then they're hiding and chasing each other around. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a pretty good bit where they're like backing towards one another and rotating around great timing yeah like it's it's really really well done and then the phone rings right this is this is the commissioner phoning to to let him know about dreyfus so and so the fan yeah the fan is ringing yeah basically (laughs) time out we have to answer the phone and so he has Cato then check all the doors and windows to make sure that they're locked. He turns he turns around first and Cluso oh, smacks him in the back right. of the head with the candlestick, answers the phone, Dreyfus's fingers trapped, he falls down and he's like, nah, the 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 insane Dreyfus has escaped the asylum and he's coming to kill me. Lock all the doors and, and all the rest, and I will I will try on my hunchback costume. <laughs> And it's like <laughs> this is for such a silly joke. It, it pay, the payoff to this joke is long and it's silly. Yes. So he puts on this outfit that includes like a fake nose and a wig yep. and you know, yep, battered clothes. So when Cato comes in and sees him, he's, he's like, like oh. "Who are you? What have you done with Inspector Clouseau?" He's like, "Ah, Cato, it is me." Yeah. Uh, oh, but it, it, it works much better with the him. Yeah, <laughs> hemp, and so he starts inflating this hump. 
with helium for some reason. Right. Air would have been fine, but no, for the purposes of the gag, we're going to inflate it with helium. Right. And doesn't switch off, though. So <laughs> Dreyfus then calls Clouseau yep. to keep him in place so he knows yeah. where he is and starts packing some plastique on, <laughs> on the roof above him to blow the shit out of, uh, out of Clouseau. But yep. what he doesn't realize is that because this hump has been inflated with helium, Clouseau <laughs> is now floating above the floor and starts going out he's the window. He's pulling a Salem's lot. Yeah. You know I mean, <laughs> he's outside the it's window. A, right. It's a real let me in, Danny. <laughs> Where he floats out the window, releases the phone at a certain point. Yeah. Which... The receiver yep. swings down, <laughs> yep. goes through the window, hits Dreyfus, yep. which knocks him onto the plunger yep. hooked up to the plastique, which sets off the bomb, which sets the the uh, shockwave then sends Clouseau flying. Past Notre Dame, right? So he actually physically flies past Notre Dame while... The... Yes. While two nuns are looking up for it. And then he does a thing where he's like, to get down, he pops the hump, which does like a whole balloon. Yep. Um, <laughs> as these nuns watch and, you know, sends him into the drink or whatever. Yeah, he ends up in the river scene and um, we then see him uh, like all wet and uh, like the commissioner speaking to him on the phone and he's like, uh, thankfully there was enough air in the hump. <laughs> <laughs> to make it a, a, like a floatable like a flotation device yeah. um well he, uh, yeah because he's signing this order like i'm sending this bank robber to prison and also there is a mad bomber, bomber yeah. <laughs> trying to kill me yeah so he's, he's basically he's about to send one of france's most notorious like bank robbers to prison, which you would think is a tangential thing, uh, 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 because we then have his breakout essentially. Yeah, um, which is just him going to the bathroom, lying on, climbing on top of the train that he's yeah. on to take him to, to the prison, and a helicopter comes by with a ladder. To yeah, rescue flown by Dreyfus, yeah. like whose eyes doing the, the twitchy thing, but he's he he's helping this guy escape, and then we get the the montage of him basically saying, "Listen, that I have a." Here are the steps that we're going to do here right now uh, in my organization. I I want this list of the world's. It's like basically like demolition man. Uh, I want the, this list of hardened criminals. Um, and he's like, well, we're going to have to break them out of prison. He's like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, but I bet I bet you're thinking, um, how would we do this? And he's like, well, I'm willing to build you twenty million francs that we're going to be able to do it. And he's like, well, where are you going to get twenty million francs? He's like, aha. That is phase three of the plan. It, like so, there's a and this is done super quick. This is like a quick cut of they get twenty million and here they break out all these criminals. And Dreyfus essentially sets up his criminal organization, which then kidnap a scientist and his daughter, and that's like all done within a like a two three minute window, like of quick things that sets up the next phase in the movie. Yeah, and like Clouseau is briefed on this robbery. Yeah. And then begins to investigate the home of this professor and <laughs> and daughter. 
this again, is it's fucking just amazing. another set piece bit of him. It's all set piece bits, and it's all stuff we've done before, but we're doing it like we're building on the jokes. So right. everything he does in this house, he's kind of already done before in other movies, but we're building on it. His interactions in this scene are fucking amazing. Like he's like, this is like, this is, this is pinnacle Clouseau for just like being shit at his job. Like absolutely, hundred percent. Everything he does is a mistake, but somehow the mistakes always end up like saving the day but he arrives and he's introduced to jarvis the butler mm-hmm. um who he's then like he's like that he's like um and, and where were you and he's like i was uh, in my room alone and he's like ah take notes on the on the butler and he's like i want you to take me around the house so the butler takes him upstairs and about halfway up the stage he's like i think we should start with the upstairs and he's like we're going upstairs and he and now so he walks along, uh, like, there are a couple of really quick jokes here that are just fucking amazing. So he's walking along this wooden panelled wall and he starts knocking it. It's like a thick thing and he eventually gets to a bit where he knocks it Sims Hollow and he's like, <clears throat> to Jarvis, he's like, uh, this sounds like a door. And he's like, that's because it is a door. And he's like, oh. And he's like, and it's unlocked. And he's like, and no. And he pushes it open and it's a black room. It's like, mm-hmm. no lights on. He walks in. And you hear him switch something and you hear a, and this is a fucking, this whole scene here kills me every time I see it because you see him like flick his lighter on and he appears to be walking, like answer a question. And then the light gets switched on. He's on a treadmill because mm-hmm. he's in the gymnasium. Right. Upstairs gymnasium room. Right. <laughs> he says to Jarvis, oh, what, what, what light did you switch to turn the lights on? He's like, the light switch. <laughs> Ah, it did not work for me when I tried this. Oh, man, he turns the, the thing off, and it makes you like I just these are wall to wall gags. He then what he walks past the heavy back. He's like, ah, this must be the upstairs gymnasium. And he's swinging it like that, and he goes to, fucking punches the back. Clearly hurts himself. Goes, yeah, <laughs> right and breaks it walks his across. wrist. Yeah. Yeah, he walks along to the parallel bars. He's like, ah, the parallel bars. You know, I used to do these in the academy. They used to call me the Pavlova of the parallels. Right. Like somebody's like, ah, it is all coming back to me. Ah, yes, I remember. And he tries to dismount, but there's a set of stairs beside them, which he then tumbles down. Mm-hmm. Rolls Dismounts, down yeah, into, yep. yeah. Right down into that. Fucking hilarious. Stands up. Everyone's assembled in the room like it's the end of a Columbo movie. Uh-huh. Um, everyone's assembled in the room, which he's like, ah, yes, everyone is here. Stands on a woman's foot who lets out a yelp. He karate chops a fucking like a set of armor. <laughs> it goes everywhere. And he's like, he's like, um, I, I can see, or some of the things I can see why the, the knight who wore this suit of armor died really easy or something. And as he's trying to help the guy put in, he puts on the hand containing the mace attached to it. So he now has a suit of armor glove hand on. With a flail. Full on fucking chain and flail at the end, which he can't get off. And you see him doing the old... Yeah. fucking come off. And now begins the interrogation, which once again is fucking amazing. Yeah, and it's... Like, the thing that makes this good and, and, and funny is that it's just right on top. Like, everything we're saying yeah. happens right on top of one another. Yeah, it's and so, gag, 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 gag. Right. It doesn't give you that that kind of space between them that a lot of the other yeah. movies do. And it's like, yeah. oh, this is what the pace of this should be. 
It should always be yeah. this way. It should always be like set piece to set piece, and it should be him buffooning his way through all of it. Yeah. And sometimes we might take a little bit longer to get to the buffooning part, but as soon as that happens, the jokes need to go bang, 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 yeah. bang. And so, we can't, like you see, no space in between them because the space almost devalues the joke. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Because right, you right, get right. that time where you're like, oh, right, because we have to build back up. We've had that whole set. We know something bad's going to happen, Bo. We're just waiting for it to happen. And then they all happen back to back. That's kind of what makes it hilarious. And we get another build up to a series of jokes in this section here. Yeah. So he <laughs> like swings his hand at one point, swinging the flail to knock out the beekeeper. What's your name? He's like, he's his name. And what is your name? And he hits him in the face. Me because he's got the little uh, the gardener who uh, keeps talking. There's a it's such a silly joke when he's like that. Well, you said like you said there's been a murder, and he's like, who said there's a murder? And he's like, who are you? And he's like, hey, my name is whatever the gardener is like yes and then he goes to turn it like he goes to say something else and then he says the word murder and the one of the the cook or something says something and he turns around to speak to her and then the guy goes well it's because and he goes <laughs> such a fucking stupid joke now <laughs> <laughs> you said that like, i know what i said um then there there's a bee loose also in while he's front- the beekeeper yeah. mr stutter stacker or whatever stutter tutter he keeps calling them different names. And while he's trying to get rid of this bee, he ends up just destroying a piano. <laughs> Antique piano, which yeah. the housekeeper then gets upset about. And he's like that. He's like, uh, he tries to play it off. He's like, I can tell you're the housekeeper. And he's like, why? He's like, because you're getting overly worked up about, you know, a little bit of damage to the piano. And she's like, you've ruined it. And he's like, ah, but nothing can compare. No, nothing can compare to the value of the kidnapper who has kidnapped. Like, like twists it. Right. Like totally twists it. Uh, um, but meanwhile, we, what we've forgotten to say is this is in England. So he's physically flown to London, mm-hmm. and he's at the he's at the behest of Scotland Yard, who are babysitting him. The main guy isn't there, played by uh, Leonard uh, Rotisier, who was a very famous comedian at the time, played in a lot of kind of sitcoms in the UK, very famous for that. But his lackeys are basically having to entertain this guy who he's been described as, he's their, he's Panis's hotshot detective, Clouseau. And once again, they're finding out that this guy's an absolute moron. He's standing in front of the fire, right? Like, let's recap what we know. At some point, the kidnappers came in and kidnapped. And he's standing there, the ball starting to heat up in the fire, which is the second point. They did kidnap uh, the 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 professor and his daughter, and his and the third point is my hand is on fire. And it's like ah, he's oh. <laughs> like try to get this thing off his hand. So to cool his hand, then he puts it in a vase, which then traps his hand again. Of course, just as uh, Quinlan, the, the the head guy, comes in from the police, and he's like ah, so this must be Cluso, and he goes to salute him, smacks himself on the head with the vase. Knocks backwards, hits a shotgun, which falls down and fires a lot of buckshot into Quinlan's ass. That's and right. then we do a jump cut to him very painfully getting all the buckshot out of his ass. Right. And saying essentially, hey, this guy's an idiot. We all agree yeah. on that. But <laughs> can we all agree on one thing? He's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but we have our tensions are a little strained with France right now. Yeah. So we can't tell them that their chief inspector is an idiot. Yeah. So we're just going to have to live with this and, and you basically, like you said, just kind of guide him 
to the answer if if need be. Yeah, he's like, where is he? And he's like, well, he's he's still checking out some of the people from the house. So he follows Jarvis mm-hmm. to a nightclub to find that Jarvis is a transvestite in drag doing right. a drag show and is a singer. Um, and he's up there going. It's, it's, like, it's a real purple onion kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this one, I think, is called the Queen of Hearts. Yes. Uh, dance club. And he ends up dancing after the drag show. He ends yeah. up dancing with this butler um, yeah. who <laughs> tells him, like, I think the kidnappers are here. We see some heavies coming to the room as well. Yeah. And then because it's a, because it's a drag show, like all these guys can fight. So we then get a kind of a bar fight in this scene where everyone just starts punching shit at each other. You know, like a proper brawl scene. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, in this whole thing here, we've had the Cluso get shot on by a bird joke. Um, like we would get like, there's a series of Cluso based jokes that you've seen before in other movies done back to back in here. Um, kind of, once again, kind of uh, start a shot, like very, very quick paced. But essentially, um, Cluso was arrested. He's put on the front pages of being escorted out of this, you know, drag club. And we cut back to Quinlan basically saying, I mean, what what we're doing is inspectors like that, you need to phone France. And he's like, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? And then they're like, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll phone France. Um, meanwhile, mm-hmm. Dreyfus has kidnapped this professor guy and is not only that, but bought a German castle. <laughs> yes. And, and can play the organ like the Phantom. Dude, dude it's it's a total reference to the 62 Phantom of the yep. Opera where he played, 100%. <laughs> you know, Eric, the Phantom of the Opera. Yep, love and, it. <laughs> and, um, and so this is where we get sort of the villain speech. Where he's yeah. like, you know, telling the professor, like, I'm fascinated by your work on on space time. Mm-hmm. And um, what we're going to do is build a doomsday machine and conquer <laughs> the world. Like, we're going to use sharks with lasers <laughs> attached to their foreheads. <laughs> totally. And <laughs> and so the professor is like, there's no way. I, I, won't, I refuse to help you. And he's like, so take his daughter to the schoolroom. And so they take this, like, you know, teenage girl into this room that has, like, a school desk and a blackboard. And Dreyfus goes in there, puts on a Freddy Krueger glove, and just runs it down the blackboard. And while she screams, no, no, stop. And the professor hears this from outside. And it's like, fine, fine, you monster. I'll I'll help you. Uh, It's very silly. And and so then we get our first look at the president of the United States. Yeah, you can see that this is not made. This is not a film made by Americans. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> like the British have a, a particular view on the Americans. Well, and maybe unfair, but at the same time, kind of just it's um, the president, and it's Gerald Ford. Like that—that that is yeah. who they are trying to. Yeah, because the, the the guy that's uh, is it, there's a kind of parody on Kissinger here absolutely there is yeah Yeah. um and and ford was like even by american standards was a bit of a buffoon (laughs) and and so that's how he's presented like because when they cut to him it's him and all of his advisors including this kissinger stand in 
yeah. just watching a football game in the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. And then Herbert Lom uh, hijacks the airwaves and is like, hey, I've got this doomsday weapon and I will use it on a major city. But uh, you can avoid this by bringing me Jacques Clouseau. Yeah. What's What's the price of one Clouseau against, you know, the annihilation of an entire city? I mean, it's a small price to pay. And they cut off, and the Americans kind of shrug it as because he basically says, "If I don't get Clouseau, I'm gonna I'm, the UN building in New York is just not going to be there anymore." Right, and they're like, "All oh, right," and he cuts off like that, like this, and then you get the transcript of them in England saying, "Yeah, like Dreyfus, like we'd hear this. This guy Dreyfus appeared in the TV. He was the guy before Clouseau, and he is certifiably insane and escaped from the insane asylum." And you've got Quinlan got that. Are they all mad? Like are all these friends? Like this guy is, is Matt, like, and he's like, yeah, and he's going to, and he's like, well, this is just complete nonsense. And then they remember Operation, I'm going to call it Paperclip. It's not called Paperclip, mm-hmm. but it's uh, Operation Paperclip. And they're like, oh, like, so we should take this serious because the guy who worked for the British government has been kidnapped and he has developed the doomsday weapon that we may see here. Yeah. So against this backdrop, Clouseau now returns to the Queen of Hearts Club. Yeah. To talk to Jarvis more, but he finds him backstage dying. Mm. And uh it looks like he's trying to say something and and you know, Clouseau puts his, his ear close to him <laughs> and the guy just kisses him on the cheek and then dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Clouseau leaves there and goes to meet with Scotland Yard. Yep. And says, uh, I'm going to Munich to find Dreyfus. Yeah, because he, he found he found he 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 paid a flyer or something, a clue which said Oktoberfest on it. So he's decided right. he's going to go to Oktoberfest in Munich, um, because he thinks that might be where the next clue to get to Dreyfus is. Uh, Scotland Yard can't wait to get rid of him. Right, yeah, fine, <laughs> go to Munich. Whatever it takes to get rid of you, by all means, do it. Please go. Uh, and then in the interim, we have the deadline appears for the UN building. Uh huh. And- um. Of course, Dreyfus like enacts upon it. Like he removes the building and basically says, "You have seven days." Like it becomes a ring. Uh, like like you have seven days um, to like dispatch Clouseau. You have to kill Clouseau in seven days, and this is to the world. And if you don't, I will remove a major city from the map. Yeah, and basically says, "Like I know you all have assassins. Yeah, you need to send them to kill Clouseau, and once that's done, we're good." Which is like what basically happens. Yeah. I think it turns out at the end of the 26 countries, originally it's 12, but 26 countries send their top assassins to Munich to kill him. So then it morphs into that movie, Smoking Aces, which like every movie's just ripped off this movie, right? That's yeah. what we can establish. After this, every movie ripped. So 26 assassins descend on here. And then we are going to get a montage clip. But what I love about this is there's a scene with Dreyfus sitting there and they're like, yeah, there's like these 12 assassins have probably been sitting there. It's like, ah, they don't stand a chance. They're like, listen, you've got some assassins in here, boss. Some of the best hitmen in the world are working your organization. Why, why can't you send us? And like, you wouldn't stand a chance. They're yeah. like... They're like, he can't be that good. And he's like, oh no, he's not that good. He's that bad. Yeah. It's like, he makes his doomsday device look like a war pistol. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, and that, I think, is the thing I like most about Dreyfus's character. Yeah. Is that he's like, he's not good at what he does. Yeah. Like, he sees Clouseau for what Clouseau is. 
Yeah, which is he is just such a a moron. Yeah, such a bleeding idiot that he can't not. He's anarchy. Yeah, he's anarchy. You cannot predict what he'll do. So there's no point in going in with a plan because if you go in with a plan, it just won't work. Right. And so why not? Basically, you know, uh, uh, outsource the murder of Clouseau to all the countries of the world. And there's a great scene <laughs> where back in the Oval Office, like Kissinger yeah. is like, <laughs> you know, all of these other countries have done it. Why why don't we send someone to yeah. and, and at least get the credit for it? Yeah, and he's like that. When they're talking about it as well as like, you know, like, like 26 of the world's assassins are the same immunity. He's like, it's going to be a bloodbath. Like, it's like, because they think all these assassins are going to kill innocent people, you know, in the in the crossfire. Uh, 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 they're all going to learn very, very quickly. Although I will say this: the the killers in this one are the, like once again, this is a, a a movie made by a Brit, um, starring a Brit, and as a result, our view on what other countries' assassins would look like are just basically the most stereotypical, yeah, this is what someone from Germany looks like. Oh, this is sure. what someone from Holland looks like. Uh, <laughs> but, there, but even before the uh, Oktoberfest, which we'll get to in just a second, because that's kind of the big, yeah. the, the big set piece. <laughs> but there's somebody that tries to kill him ahead of it yeah. by stabbing him when he's, getting into, a, yeah, when he's getting into a taxi. <laughs> And he turns around. He goes to stab him and he turns around and he stabs his briefcase. And the knife goes through the briefcase. A, a briefcase he's found in the back of the taxi. It's not even his briefcase. Yeah. And then the guy comes to get the briefcase off him, turns around and as the guy with the knife is wrestling, he stabs himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, so already one assassin has been killed by the sheer knuckleheadery of Clouseau. <laughs> and so then we get to Oktoberfest. Oh, where there's man. like there's a dude with a shoe knife. Yep. There's a there's a large woman in drag who has blades in her breasts. Yeah, and but the assassins are kind of taking each other out. Yeah. Because everybody wants the credit for the kill. Yeah. So some of it isn't just Clouseau being an idiot. Some of it is the assassins yeah. killing other assassins. Actually physically killing other assassins. And Clouseau's benefiting from all of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> But but some of it is just him being an idiot. Like there's the one with the the little guy, oh, who's God. who's, you know, coming after him, <laughs> and uh, just because of Clouseau bending over at just the right time, like he gets a blow dart that kills him, and yep, you know, the, it, yeah, the woman with the 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 woman with the breast dagger, she goes to get him, and he's holding a pretzel. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like stopped, and turns around, she got a pretzel stuck to her tits. Um, but ultimately, the the main guy, the thief guy, from that was broken out at the beginning, he decides to dress as Clouseau. Yes. So this is taking place back at Clouseau's hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. All right. So there's the Egyptian assassin played by Omar <laughs> Sharif. Yes, that's right. <laughs> then there's the Russian assassin who is yeah. like a like a Leslie Ann Down, like a beautiful. Yeah, woman plays who... all, all, Olga. Olga the 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 Bond. Yeah. If this was a Bond movie, that's who she would play. Yeah. And and the idea is she is going to be, she is going to seduce him and kill him. Yeah. And so Omar Sharif tracks the assassin who has dressed like Clouseau to his hotel room. Yep. Kills him. Yeah. Kills that assassin and thinks he's killed Clouseau and sees Olga in bed and is like, well, well I'm here. Yeah. And so he slips into bed with her. 
rocks her world apparently <laughs> like hardcore rocks the world because she's she's right after this she's about to like, this dickon was so good that she's prepared to turn her back on the reds yeah like, <laughs> yeah has changed her moral philosophy the sex was so good and so but she she thinks it's Clouseau. <laughs> right right but he like omar sharif slips out having yeah. just killed Clouseau in his mind killed Clouseau. yeah bedded this woman and now he's taken off He's having the best night ever. Right. And so then Clouseau comes back in and she's like, oh my God, that, that, like, this has changed my entire life. It was <laughs> she basically, good. She, she, she basically says to him that my, the reason I was the perfect assassin was I could sleep with men, but I could never fall in love with them. But I have fallen in love with you. And would you be prepared to fall in love with a former Soviet assassin defector? Uh, and he's sitting there in these pajamas, uh, kind of going, uh, like, um, yeah. But she she gives him the next detail, essentially, which right. is, oh, by the way, this castle was bought by, well, ostensibly Dreyfus. There's a tattoo on the hand of the assassin that they find dressed yeah. up like Clouseau. Yeah, well, that's like, the guy. That's the 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 thief that was broken out yeah. from the train at the beginning. And she's like, oh, that emblem is, you know, the emblem of whatever this castle, which was bought recently. And Clouseau's like, hmm. And now we're moving to the last big set piece of the movie. Right. And so Dreyfus is told Clouseau is dead. Yeah. And he's like, but also finds that he's got a cavity. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so Clouseau uh, first tries to get a room. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? I think this, I think this, once again, I think this guy that plays the Hello, Javant is Zimmer. Um, the, the little German landlord guy is Graham Starks, I think, who will appear in the next movie as Balls, the guy who supplies him all his costumes, and was in previous ones as different characters. So he's the same character actor that just plays in different roles in each of these uh -huh. movies as we go along. So he's he's heavily done in makeup. And he's like, yeah, I got that room. And uh, like, so... Uh, essentially, Dreyfus phones down for the local dentist who's staying at this uh, small chalet area, but he's not there. The guy takes the call. Clouseau overhears. Clouseau is like that. I need to get into his room. So Clouseau then goes up in his disguise as the dentist, mm -hmm. which and... is fucking amazing. Because right. you basically like... get the white. This is the Wiley Coyote sequence of I need to get into a building. He, yeah, right. He tries originally to get in and falls into the lake and then tries to scale and then falls into the lake again and then comes back as the dentist. Yeah. And he looks like uh, Albert Einstein. He does. <laughs> Even he's doing his worst Albert Einstein yeah. impression as well. <laughs> and which is kind of a neat trick of Sellers doing this bad French impression and doing a bad German impression it, in this French it, like it's, it's so good because yeah. I, I, it's, th this is the genius of the actor because he's in that fake German through French accent until he starts taking the huffing gas and then right. it slips between the two and it's yes. really 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 well done I can't stress how uh, he's for all his flaws the guy is fucking talented like his comic yeah. timing is ridiculous but essentially he gets escorted in and um, he's like, let me see the, the tooth. And he's like that, uh, the tooth and all the rest. And he's, he's working through, he's wearing these bottle, uh, these kind of bottle, uh, 
bottle-bottom glasses, some really thick glasses that you can't see, so he's taking the glasses off, and he comes across the essentially the laughing gas, um, which he then, he's like... He starts giggling, gives it to Dreyfus. Dreyfus starts giggling. Dreyfus, like the two of them in this scene are fucking amazing because they're both giggling at each other. And um, <laughs> the henchman comes walking in to tell him that Clouseau's still alive. And Clouseau's got a, like, the, he's like, hey! <laughs> like trying to pull it in with pliers. He's like, with his, the makeup beginning to melt off of his face. Yeah, he th- like Dreyfus thinks he's fucking high because he's like that. He's like, I don't know what you've given me, but your face looks like it's like like melting. And he's like, oh, right. So Clisson goes down, moves it, and comes up with a nose which is pointing up the way. And he's like, how about this? And he's like, ah, it's repulsive. Um, and then the guy comes across and says, Clisson's still alive. And he's like, Clisson's still alive. And he's like, wait one second. He the, he's pulled out the wrong tooth. He's he's pulled out the wrong tooth. There's only and he's still giggling maniacally. He's like, there's only one man that would pull out the wrong tooth. And that is Clouseau. He is Clouseau. Kill him! Yeah. <laughs> like, so... and, and also, while they're chasing Clouseau, he's mm. going to use the machine to blow up a city. Yeah, he's, he's still going to do it. He's openly said that to the... Because he says earlier on to the, the professors like that, he's like, I may keep you around even though Clouseau's dead. He's like, and he's like, but you're never going to let us go. And he's like, he's like, you're just going to keep us around and uh, as part of your eagle organization. He's like, ah, well, the thought did cross my mind. Because Dreyfus at this point, he's full psycho. Yeah. You know I mean, he's, full, he's, he's he is the textbook psychopathic villain. Very, very, very clever. But, you know, his one weakness is he's insane. Um, yeah, I, wa- I, I want you to teach me how to use the machine or I'm going to keep you forever is kind of the deal. Yeah. That's the deal. So Clouseau hides in a suit of <laughs> hides in a suit of armor, manages to get out the castle, um, and then sits on what he thinks is a seat, but for whatever reason there's a medieval catapult. Right. Well, it's a castle, Duncan. You got catapults laying around. And I go I go eats through the 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 thing. Meanwhile, the, the he's he's telling up a ton of fucking power up full on the cannon. And then Clouseau gets catapulted on top of the cannon, which swings around, and then the Doomsday Ray essentially hits Dreyfus in the leg and the castle. Yeah. And so we didn't really say this before, but like when this beam hits like the UN building, it just erases it. Yeah, like like a line at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like the reverse of one of those old printers you used to get where it used to draw everything. Yeah. I suppose that's how printers still work, to be fair. It's like when uh, uh, Jeff Bridges gets hit by the computer beam in Tron and digitized. <laughs> it takes him a piece at a time. It's kind of that. Tron ripped off this movie as well. Oh, it's, just keep adding the list, Bo. Keep the adding the list. Rosetta Stone of modern cinema <laughs> is, is the Pink Panther Strikes again. But so, yeah, so Dreyfus gets hit, runs off as his leg starts to disappear. Yeah. The machine is like blowing up and exploding. Everybody runs. Clouseau tries to run out also, but of course falls into the water because there is water and a Clouseau. And the- so it has to happen every movie. Right. And he will, he will be in water again before this movie is over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so our last shot of Dreyfus is him playing the organ again as he yeah. slowly disappears with his eye twitching. Yeah, his eye's the last thing that, that you see before it disappears completely and the castle vanishes from sight. Yes, and so Clouseau bumbles his way through, you know, saving the city. Yeah. He goes home, finds 
Leslie Ann Down has turned his his apartment into one big fuck room. Oh, it's like with the bed that's in the wall, which she hits, and then it comes down slowly yeah. with the disco ball. Bubbles, um, uh, the, the, this song by Tom Jones is called Come To Me is playing. Oh, dude, this scene is, like, this once again is the testament to how fucking funny Peter Sellers is, because she's in bed and she's like, when you take over his clothes, so first he starts, like, taking off the jacket all seductively, folds it, for no reason, then throws it away. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tries to take his shirt off, and this is where the... <laughs> I can't get the fucking can't get his tie off, so it goes over his head like Rambo. Can't get his shirt off because the cuffs are trapped. So he's fucking desperately trying to like, but he's trying to still make it look seductive. So he keeps turning around, going fucking. (laughs) Eventually gets off into his pants, still wearing socks and shoes, but okay. Um, and like snuggles underneath the cover. Now, if you're me and Bo by this point you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because it's happened at the end of every Clouseau movie. Yeah. <laughs> going to happen here. But he's getting in, he starts singing it, but the bed's so big that, and they're under the covers, that he starts going the wrong way and can't find her. Uh, so the joke's being really dragged out. Then Kato <laughs> like, sneaks under the bed. So now you have three lumps under the bed moving around. And then all of a sudden you hear, Sir! Like this, and, Kato, my little friend! Um, they start fighting on top of the bed. The bed bounces, it goes up and closes, and then we get the slow motion shot from the other side of the wall as they are physically thrown through brickwork Mm -hmm. and into the water. Cut to Pink Panther credits. Oh, that's the end of the movie. You fucking loved it. Because if this is laughs per what was it, laughs per hour? Laughs per hour. This one must be stacked. I so I would say this is a solid four to five laughs per hour. You Which, are dead but, inside. But let me, yeah, <laughs> but let me, let me say this: that yes, uh, I didn't laugh out loud consistently watching this movie. Yeah, but it was constantly like, oh, okay, all right, all right, I see where this is. Like it was really, uh, you know, maybe faint praise, but it was really amusing in a way yeah. that, like, it just, it's always going on. There's always something happening on screen, and yes. I found it to be way more entertaining. I I probably found a shot in the dark to be funnier. Oh, really? Because I just like the construction of that movie a little bit yeah, more, yeah. I think. Um, but I found this to be a more entertaining watch overall because it is a much more modern feeling movie or a modern feeling comedy. Yeah. Which is we are not we are not trying to marry this robbery story with a comedy like the well whole this is thing what is comedies comedy. are now if you yeah. go and see a comedy in the theaters now it's like set piece set piece set piece set, set piece and the jokes have to be thick and fast because that's how a, a comedy is now gauged yeah as opposed to like the kind of farcical stuff that you got back in the 60s this is like we're, we're moved on from that this is like you imagine if this movie was three hours long how much of the story is actually been because we do make big I said it before we get a supercuts of Dreyfus assembling his gang we get a like a almost a supercuts of him and the and actually with all the 26 assassins coming after him it does make me feel like there's there's huge sections of story from this removed in favor of well let's just cram as many jokes as we can into this one and if 50 percent hits it's the funniest close movie you've seen because we've thrown that many in them yeah I I'm you know, it's it's sort of like you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yeah. That 
I do not want to see the three-hour cut of this movie where we're doing <laughs> all of the meeting of every henchman and that kind of thing. No. Um, but it it does feel like it is just a strung-together collection of gags, like a, a, a Cartoon. naked gun kind of movie, yeah. something like that. And and you mentioned Wiley Coyote. That's basically Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. Yeah, that's sure. what that is. That yeah. is, I need to capture Roadrunner and like for the next 25 minutes of this cartoon is just set piece, set piece, set, set piece, set piece. That's yeah, this. And that that's why I've got this weird dichotomy of like, what I think A Shot in the Dark is a better movie. Yeah. But yeah. I would rather watch yeah. this movie because yeah. it, it's just, it, because it is just gag, 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 gag. Yeah. You know, take one breath and gag, 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 gag. And I think that yeah. Herbert Lom is terrific. He is amazing. I told uh, you, like, like he becomes the MVP of this series. He really is that good. Yeah. Have you seen Confess Fletch yet? No. Okay. Is that like like based on Fletch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, no, I've never oh, seen. This is another one of those that kind of slipped under the radar because nobody was paying attention, and it's when just did it not, come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find it on any of the streaming services now. Like, so it's John Hamm as Fletch. Madman John yeah. Right. And <laughs> it is uh it's not like the Chevy Chase Fletch. I mean it's the same character, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as goofy as those movies, but it's still a mystery comedy. Oh, right. And it's really, really good. And it reminds me like the difference is that is, is that like Fletch is not a bumbling idiot. Yeah. But it it reminds me of that, like, that is sort of the pairing of mystery and comedy isn't, hey, we're going to have the mystery story and then the comedy is going to be bumping into it in these particular scenes. Yeah. Where, like, Confess Fletch is, oh, okay, well, the central character is funny. And mm -hmm. so as the mystery unfolds, you're going to follow this pretty funny character throughout the movie. And it's good. If you, if you have any interest in the Fletch books or the movies or anything like that, you absolutely confess. Fletch is very funny. It's a good, good oh. um, directed by the guy who did super bad. Oh, right. Greg Matola, uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, so like, it's got a good pedigree. I'll spoil one joke and confess Fletch because it, it, it shows you what a child I am at heart, <laughs> but there's a scene where the, the whole premise of the movie is that Fletch is investigating an art robbery comes to this flat that he's renting in Boston and finds mm -hmm. a dead body and is under suspicion for murder mm -hmm. or having killed this person he has discovered while he's simultaneously trying to solve this art mystery. Okay. Oh. And so it's, a, it's a good mystery. And, and, um, but he's being, uh, he's talking to the detective who is after him and, and initially thinks that he had something to do with the murder. Mm -hmm. And he says like, Hey, you know, not only do we have the circumstantial evidence of you being found with the body, but there is also security footage from this shop around the corner and Fletch goes where the fudge is made. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those like throwaway jokes that I'm like, yeah, that is just childish enough to get me on. board." <laughs> but it, it's very good. It's, it, it's a good, it reminded me a lot of like, what if knives out were more of a comedy? 
Yeah. And so it's that kind of thing. But yeah, highly recommend it. But it is in the spirit of this kind of movie where the modern version of something like A Shot in the Dark is Confess Fletch. And the modern version of Strikes Again is Austin Powers. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because this is pure comedy. Yes, yeah, yeah, and it leans, it leans heavily. And the next movie, so the next one we'll be doing is Revenge of the Pink Panther. Right. Um, the last Sellers movie, yeah. Is the last one, yeah. And we kind of rein back a little bit. The, uh, to be honest, the, there's more disguises in this one. Um, there is a whole thing, there's a whole, the whole end piece of it is amazing where he basically does his version of Marlon Brando from The Godfather, which is fucking amazing and he's surrounded by actual actors from mafia movies like robert loggia's in it um oh okay yeah yeah like legit like you like, like these guys are surrounding him as like proper mafioso guys you've got peter sellers and the worst like mothballs and the hell it's like he's speaking what he thinks is italian but it's just like he says, hey rigatoni spaghetti hey come here yeah. <laughs> like, all right like literally it's 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 a lot of fun it's not the last hurrah before we really kind of fall off into a lot of movies which are going to try really, really hard, but just not going to be able to do the stuff that sellers could do. I'm kind of excited to get to those. I just want to see what they're like. And I'm even yeah. more excited to get to the Steve Martin films and they're, see his interpretation yeah. of this. They're they're like cartoon versions of Peter Sellers. They're not terrible. They're not yeah. terrible, but they're when you, I don't know. It's difficult for me to see, and you've seen it already. It's difficult for me to see anyone reboot that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least Steve Martin is trying to be a kind of Peter Sellers s character, whereas our dude from a couple of movies ago was not right Alan Arkin um, and yeah, yeah we're got, getting like Roberto Benini coming up and and that guy yeah I, playing I, his son so yeah. you know what I mean Benini I, plays his son which is actually that movie's fine it's not great but it's it's perfectly fine as a this is what Cluso's son would be like another bumbling idiot who kind of is like Cluso but not Cluso so we don't need to worry about it because he's the son of Cluso if you know what I mean yeah um it's kind of passable to an extent but yeah, we've got we've got an interesting road to toe. Those Steve Martin movies are really well cast, so that's the thing that they maybe have in their favor as like a credit point. Is like they may not necessarily be the best movies, but they have good cast in them. So, um, and we both like Steve Martin, so it's, uh, yeah. it'll be it'll be fun to revisit them for the first time since he came out. So, well, uh, you've heard it here first, folks. Um, we are going to be doing, uh, next, next week is Revenge of the Pink Panther. Yep. Revenge of the Pink Panther. So that's the last, like you say, it's the last, yep. The, the last sellers movie. And then we move to the trailer of the Pink Panther, which is the, essentially the montage clip thing of, of all the stuff that they couldn't make because sellers died. So they piece together a story where they're trying to track down Cluso who's went missing Mm-hmm. And they do it through lots of clips of them uh, from outtakes of movies that were already there and bringing back original cast members. Uh, so David Niven comes back in as the Phantom being interviewed. Um, but he's weirdly, he's overdubbed. Uh, it's, it's all weird. It's, huh, it's all right. 
I think by then he was ill. He was very ill as well. So they actually over overdubbed his voice with someone. But you get like a it's a weird montage. It doesn't really work, and it's kind of them trying to cash in on. It's a cynical cash grab to give people the the kind of send off that they want to give Peter Sellers in the franchise, and then from there it's we just go a wee bit nuts until the end. So yeah, all right. Well, uh, between now and then, Duncan. Yes. Uh, if people want to hear non Pink Panther uh, <laughs> stuff from you, which I can't imagine, that's all the, I'm going to be talking about all November. So <laughs> the, the you know it's Pink Panther. Yep. Oh, uh, I can't. <laughs> so uh, where can they find you, and and what will you be doing? Uh, yeah, so check out podcast under the stairs. This month I'm doing witch themed movies, um, and also I'm drawing a, a Russian roulette franchise retro which will be running towards the end of november and right through december on the bad ben franchise all nine of those movies really that feels like something stupid i would have done it it feels like something that i'm not getting a lot of volunteers for Bo. so if you want to throw your name in it i will happily put you in the yeah 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 Uh, uh, let me know (laughs) yeah put me down for one of those yeah that's what i like to hear so yeah i'm doing that on the teapots collective it's a lot of the same stuff to be honest all the regular shows are putting out regular stuff you can find all of that at teapotscast.com or check out teapots collective or podcast under the stairs wherever you're listening to your podcast ah fantastic um well if you want to hear more out of me uh then be sure you uh subscribe to the dark parade which is uh the podcast i do uh that is all things horror uh, you can also check me out on pick six movies.com where we were this season, we are calling Deja you and, uh, it is a bunch of horror remakes. Basically if platinum dunes released it in the early to mid two thousands, we are talking about it. Nice. Um, <laughs> just did that Elm street remake, which continues to be a head scratcher. Uh. Um, <laughs> the, the now guy- that you recently, you know that you recently rewatched The Hitcher and you realized how much of a great movie that is. If you haven't revisited that remake in a while, you should totally do that because that is a bad fucking movie. I we we haven't done that one. The next one we're doing is the Zombie Halloween, and then uh, I'm trying to remember what the last one is. I, I'm I'm just trying to block it out because yeah. they're, they're, <laughs> like we've done the Amityville remake, we did the Friday the Thirteenth remake, we did yep. Elm Street, yeah, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh. uh, yeah, just a, a murderer's row of movies that are incredibly forgettable, yeah. Um, <laughs> but at, at any rate, uh, so you can you can find me there, and of course, uh, Duncan about come correct, which is the show you're listening to now, and all of those are available on LegionPodcasts.com. Uh, and if you didn't listen to it, I referenced it early on. If you want to hear 31 mini reviews, uh, just go to legionpodcast.com and search for the uh, 31 days of Halloween and you will get three years worth of, you know, mini reviews. The, this last year was a lot of fun. I didn't do a lot of new stuff mm. because, you know, I'm in that stretch now where I've, I'm catching up on the the best of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That kind of stuff. Um so I finally got around to Barbarian, and holy shit, that movie's all right. I still have to see it. It's only just been released over here, so it's just doing the rounds in the cinemas, so I will get a chance to see that. Some yeah. st- some stuff, for whatever reason, is just not coming out in the UK this year, and I can't yeah. work out why. Like Peril, for example, has not been released, which feels weird. Like that, Because X was released, and it did well in the UK, which to me feels like... And it's A24, so... I don't understand why that's not getting released over here. 
Yeah, I think Barbarian was A24 as well. Don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. It, <laughs> we'll just throw it on the list anyway. It's fucking great. Uh, Barbarian's a real good time. Um, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but just try to know as little as possible going into it. Yeah, I know nothing about the yeah, movie. So I know who the cast is and that's it. It's, so. yeah, it, it, it like it's not one of those things. Like knowing the twist would not ruin the movie, but mm. it's so much more fun if you if you don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's great. So, all right. Well, we'll be back in two weeks to talk about more Pink Panther shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, and until then, the only thing left for me to do is to say to my old friend Duncan, say goodnight, Duncan. To say to my old friend Duncan, say goodnight, Duncan. I, it doesn't even work like that. I'm taking linguistics. It's and it literally what you asked me to do. I, literally what you asked me to do. Not in that order. I can't remember. The thing. <laughs>